Yo, what is up, guys? How's it going? Hope you're having a fantastic morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you're coming from. And we back well, for another episode. <laughs> Toast his cameras flip. We back for another episode of the Group Up Podcast. Hey, Hope you guys have been uh, excited and delighted by the beta, those of you who got in. And let me quickly introduce my guests who definitely need no introduction and we'll get right into it. So in the bottom right of your screens is my fellow Brit rejoicing today in the political sphere, Stylosa. <laughs> In the bottom left, with the flipped cam, Evil Toaster. Uh, I'm good now. Hello. I'm facing the canonical direction. Awesome. And of course, in the top left, straight from important business matters, it is Carthy <laughs> himself. By important business, I mean, uh, you know, picking up some pet food. That is very important business. It is important. It's very, very important. Speaking of important business, we're here to discuss the second Overwatch beta, which has been uh, a point of contention and delight alike. So first, real quick, let's get into it. Let's get a summary of how these guys feel about the state of the Overwatch beta, how, about the state of Overwatch right now. So guys, just general impressions of the Overwatch 2 beta. I'm going to start with Stylosa. How you feeling? Um, 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 it's much better than the previous beta. Um, I'm... See, so I'm in like a, a, a very interesting position because I sort of stepped back from playing Overwatch the last 12 months or so. So I come into Overwatch 2 quite fresh. The first beta, I enjoyed it for a while, but it kind of starts to get a bit long in the tooth. Um, probably just because of lack of content, if I'm honest. This one, though, I'm really enjoying this one. I, re I really like the DPS um, passive change. I really like that. And I'm actually enjoying it. And I think when I look at like, uh, I look at Junk Queen and I think, okay... <laughs> She's fun, and Blizzard have kind of nailed the way... Uh, I think they've nailed a kit in, in, in terms of fun. In terms of usability and it, how, how powerful she's going to be long-term, I don't know. I think there's already... Um, I think they dropped a, a blog post, didn't they, talking about um, potentially uh, reducing her power level and looking at Zen as well. Um, but overall, right, I don't know... I don't, I don't want to be here, like, huffing the copium. I do feel like I am genuinely... You know, I know this is rich. This is coming from the guy with... I don't even know how many Overwatch videos and whatever, but I am really genuinely enjoying this beta at the moment. That's great to hear. And I know that Toaster, the, the uh, Junker Queen viability, is something you're very oh. key, keen to talk about, but how do you feel about the beta in general? Overall, I've been enjoying it. it I haven't played it as much as I played the first beta, obviously, because, you know, the first time it was been like a whole year since I played, and now it's just been a, like a month or so. But I think it's pretty good. I think a lot of the changes that they made over the beta were pretty good choice improvements. There, some of the new things, like again, like with Junker Queen, I have some opinions on, and like some other tanks, like I think Arissa's still like good. And I know that they figured that she wasn't actually that strong in the last beta, even though a lot of people were saying that she was really frustrating to play with. It's kind of tough to nail down exactly what's going on with her, but I still think she's all right. But it, she's kind of getting overshadowed by the Queen right now for a lot of reasons. The DPS change that you mentioned, I think it's cool, the new passive. It's a bit hard to feel, but, you know, so was the 10% movement. Like, even that was hard to feel. Unless you were Reinhardt trying to chase down someone and they were just, like, one millimeter faster than you, so you never caught them. So, I think, overall, all the improvements were good. Beta's good. And on the, the new maps also, like... I'm really kind of happy that, like, every time I play in the beta right now, I don't have a repeat map, like, ever, it feels like. There's so much. And I like kind of like that. I'm, I'm hoping that's not going to be overwhelming for new players, though. But for me, I like it. That's true. That's just a good point to bring up about new players, because so many other games have, like, one map or three maps. But mm -hmm. 
Karku, I saw you nodding and shaking at various points. How do you feel oh. about uh, the beta? Um, for the beta, I think it's all right. Uh, I agree with uh, with Toaster where I think the first beta definitely had a bit more hype and uh, buzz to it since obviously we were, you know, lacking deprived. any sort of, yeah, deprived for so long. So this one so didn't feel too different, time. just an acquisition of a hero, sure. Um, the only thing I was... I was going to say is I think I'm just a competitive player, so I can only play quick play for so yeah. long. Um, so in general, I don't know if I can just stand playing quick play like that many hours a day. I think for the new and casual player, like playing an hour or two grouped up with friends, I think it's fantastic. But for someone who has to play the game four plus hours a day, quick play ain't going to cut it. So I'm not enjoying that aspect of it, but I understand why they're doing it. It's just a beta. And it's very important for myself and everybody else to temper their expectations. Like, it is supposed to be a beta. It is going to be, like, bare bones. There's only, like, two menu buttons, right? It's, like, versus and hero or whatever. Mm -hmm. All the selection stuff isn't there. No arcade. None of that other fun stuff. So that's all right. And the only thing I was shaking my head at was at the Orisa. Obviously, I'm not a tank player. I'm on the other end where, like, I shoot down the tanks, playing support a lot. And I feel like Orisa, uh, being able to be headshot again, actually was a gigantic nerf because there's nothing else yeah. stopping her... Um, her uh like previously when old Arissa used to be able to be headshot and fortify you'd have like your shield up number one or number two you'd have a second shield and like if you pop fortify you would probably like tend to duck in the cover but now like being able to be headshot again is actually awful especially with zen being so powerful and being picked in every comp permanent discord on 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 an Arissa, and it's like hard to miss you know what i mean she's got one of the biggest head hit boxes so i feel like Arissa's is actually like was this is a net nerf in my opinion uh the queen is actually okay as well but i think it's just um people trying her out for the first time getting it all out of the way it's a lot of mirror matchups but it's starting the dust is starting to settle now where people are actually playing different matchups into into the queen and people mm -hmm. are finding like you know zarya probably dominates the shit out of her i don't know if you guys agree with that or not but yeah, definitely yeah. yeah i had a good i had a good game earlier on on uh Rio, or what? How's it pronounced? Parody, Paradiso? Rio. Right. I just call it Rio. Right. I'm an idiot. Yeah, it's called, it's called Rio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Zarya seems uh, quite good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, th I think like you know when you, when you talk about the beta, um, and and the first one, like the and the hype that that generated, I think like at the time it was great for us because we were like, holy shit, we're, we're finally getting new content for Overwatch. We've been waiting for a long time. We can mm -hmm. finally talk about all the stuff that Blizzard have been talking to us about, and we can go into it. Um, and then we sort of, you know, it falls flat fairly quickly um and I, I you know i i don't think this was one of the uh, the points we, we were going to move on to svb but you know you sort of start bleeding into the marketing of the game and and the way they're looking at trying to promote the game but i think when we talk about a beta what we've actually got is a beta and they do state quite clearly what they are trying to do in each beta phase the problem we have got and i think gamers in general is you're too used now to like bloody ea in a battlefield beta which is which is not a beta it's just it's a week before the game launches and then off the game goes um right. so i can understand why players do get a little bit you know annoyed and think like where's the content you know but at the end of the day mm -hmm. they are plugging more content into these new beta phases and you know for expectations that's it it, it is yeah yeah it's it's and it's also like with them coming out with such a massive uh twitch campaign the the first beta it it does you know, you start getting, the, I mean, we, we've all seen the donkey video, like you get that kind of 
sentiment thrown at the game. It's the same game. It's like, no, it's the same game if you played Overwatch in 2017 and then never touched it because you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you actually played the game, you would see there's a shitload of differences here. It's now 5v5. There's a wholesale balance changes. The flow of the game is completely different and it, it, go away. But that doesn't compute because, well, it looks the same. Anyway. Right. Well, no, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good discussion point to bring up because I think the uh, marketing and the reception to the game has been a very interesting thing to know another facet of that is people talking about well we, you know you mentioned the donkey but even now people saying well it's not really a sequel then because recently you know blizzard kind of clarified yep overwatch one will will go when overwatch two releases and even the releases quote-unquote early access right it's not even the full release of overwatch 2 on october the 4th it's quote-unquote early access because we know the pve is coming next year so like how have you felt about the general marketing and the reception that you've seen where a lot of people are kind of confused. What's the betas? What's the release? What's the early access? I'm gonna take it to Karku first. Karku, what do you what do you kind of make of all that? Um, I just can you repeat? Just the repeat marketing. The, like, what do you the, what do you make of the marketing? Yeah. Do you think it's been clear? Do you think like it will come? The message will come through how it actually operates, or do you feel no. like people are just a little yeah. bit? It, it's kind of infringed upon the hype. Right, because we said it's a little bit less hype. Do you feel like that's kind of part of it? Yeah. Um, all, one of the things I, I like pointing out is um, the fractionalized community on on Twitch with the um, the two categories. I like to bring that one up in terms of like relative to the marketing, strictly because um, all, a lot of these like promotional drops and events are all under the the one Overwatch category instead of um, overwatch 2 and then like the whole idea of not being able to merge the categories kind of confuses it because i actually saw um the valorant player stream overwatch today under the overwatch 2 category uh tens and he was bringing in like twenty thousand people just watching it and people were just confused i was looking at the chat it was just like what's going on here it looks like the same game blah 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 this is overwatch 2 and i think that that confuses the people who aren't like invested in the overwatch community and the marketing has just been a mess but we all know it was like a, a last minute um pivot I believe last December when they decided to change everything up. So I don't know. Just I think they need to like they they the job they're doing kind of works for the people who are invested in Overwatch. But I'm not even sure what the solution is to kind of get the general public, um, you know, aligned with what 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 is what is happening more than anything. Yeah, I, I don't have a solution I, right now. I really think that. The way that they've tried to convey what overwatch 2 even is exactly was really like kind of a failure because even to this day like however long it's been since overwatch 2 was announced people still don't understand like i still mm -hmm. have people asking me like what is overwatch 2 like is it a dlc is it a new game why does it look the same like all those questions just come from this like lack of being able to convey through marketing what it even is and i think the biggest culprit for that was literally the number two in the name <laughs> where everyone thinks oh it's overwatch 2 and every other game that has a 2 in it is like a completely separate game but here we are where overwatch 2 is just going to be a massive update to overwatch 1 everyone who has overwatch 1 will have overwatch 2 and it's just that's just it like that's simple it's just a big huge update where they're revamping everything all at once but because there's this 2 attached to it everyone's expecting something different what are the games actually did um like a, a second version, but and 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 uh, eliminated the first one as a live service game. Did Destiny do that? I think when Destiny two came I, out, did they just shut off number one? One old man I example, Planet Side. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Planet Side. <laughs> yeah, Planet Side. Yeah, Planet Side two, and that came out basically killed the old game. 
And you can imagine what happened there. It was like, well, the old game's better, you know, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, the other way as well can be risky as well. You take something like StarCraft 2, for example, where it's like you mm. release... Essentially, it's the same game, but with like a different style or emphasis. And then you split mm-hmm. the community that way as well, right? Because that was a whole thing where there was a whole large core of people who were like, we prefer StarCraft 1. It splintered the fan right. base and it kind of infringed upon the success of both franchises, right? So it feels like both sides have their risk. But is there anything you guys would have like maybe preferred in hindsight or anything that you still think can be done to kind of help with that, you know, confusion and conflict? It would have helped as if they had PvE ready to roll with PvP and it launched this year, but it didn't. And so yeah. they're in a situation where they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. If they leave the game for what would have amounted to essentially three years without any content, um, the, the negative sentiment. I mean, I hate, I hate that it's cool to hate on Overwatch. I'd love to live in that one bloody universe where Overwatch is not hated on by everyone. You know, it's cool to hate <laughs> Overwatch League. It's cool to hate, you know, all this shit. I hate it. And it's like, I think, um, obviously, they've had issues. We, we know Blizzard have had tons of issues. And the game now is they are trying to salvage the game. They're trying to say, hey, look. We're going to recommit to updating PvP. We're going to give you what is our new Overwatch 2 PvP, but it's essentially the evolution of Overwatch 1, of, of Overwatch PvP. But the main component, the thing which is the, the 2, the PvE, we don't have that, and we won't have that until next year. We actually, um, the, uh, Yabara actually posted, well, it, it did an LA Times uh, interview of some description and basically said that BlizzCon is back next year, and I would imagine that will be the end of the year, and I'd imagine the main thing there will be overwatch pve it, it has to be right and that's when we'll see you see this is the other way of looking at this literally it doesn't it, it doesn't matter it, it really doesn't matter to blizzard um right now if this is going to sound crazy but if no one's playing overwatch 2 right or tame taking part in it what what will matter is after their big marketing push comes which has to be centered around the pve next year we're going to see a push that don't get me wrong leading up to october this year but it won't be the magnitude of the PVE. I'm sure that will be a massive push because that I is how they right, attract yeah. new players. Well, when I, the more I look at Overwatch 2, you know, and I think the game is designed to attract new players, right? It has to be. You need, you need new blood. Um, and they're going free to play and all of this stuff. But how do you bring them in? Like, what is your, your, your unique selling point there? Well, you're not a battle royale. You're not this, you're not that. But you've got PVE. And you've got all these developers that... We're involved in world of warcraft you should be able to build very rich and very deep systems for pve to keep casual players interested which helps us because you've got more players in the game then eventually they start playing competitive and you know all of that stuff starts going um so i don't know it's it's a really hard situation it's really it's it's bad i would not like to be at blizzard to deal with this i wouldn't much prefer to just sit here and talk crap <laughs> let me give us a fleshed out mission right now in the beta as well maybe that would help like yeah it would, it would a little bit yeah one mission i'm sure they got plenty of stories or whatever but just give us I didn't play the one in 2019 BlizzCon. Did you guys play it? I know Stai, you played it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. How, how was that? In all I was honesty? terrible. And that was the feedback we gave them straight away. We're like, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> so I think it had three difficulty settings, or maybe it had four. Um, right. I think it had four difficulty settings, and uh, you know, obviously our team was pretty good. You know, me, XQC, uh, Seagull, and, and somebody to do with NFTs, and uh, we was pretty good. And uh, I, I think. On, on, on the normal difficulty, it probably took us about 15 minutes to run through it. And it was like, oh, God, you know, we're supposed to be streaming this for like five hours. <laughs> what are we supposed to do now? Uh, okay, let's up the difficulty. And it was it, it was very basic. Like the, the talent system didn't exist at the time. It was that old school one where there was like four mm. things you could you could select from, but none of them worked. Like, you, well, I think just the, the first tier worked. Um, I think only maybe for May and potentially for Reinhardt, although I can't remember. But it wasn't right. great. Like it felt like 
and and this is my massive worry for PVE. It just felt like archives plus a little bit. It's, it was almost like archives 1.1. <laughs> That's what it was like. And oh, I'm God. like, ah, that was three now. years ago. It's been yeah, three yeah, so years. I, I'm sure I, like things have been better. Hopefully. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think like you know, if they're taking feedback from the event, it, obviously it's not just from the the streamers right, that were right. there. They would take it from everybody and then look at the reaction. I, I, you know, with my tinfoil hat on, I think they were like, oh shit, we need to fix this and redevelop it. And that's why we've got a massive delay. But this is yeah, the question that's I see what so I many gather people... too. Sorry, oh. Toast. Just, just wanted to say, like, I, I'd love your thoughts on it. Like, I just want to say this is the thing that I see a lot of people, a sentiment, a lot of people expressing, which is that, well, yeah, it has been three years. What's What's been happening? Like, what have we been doing? Where Where is all this stuff? What do you think, Toast? Yeah, I've definitely been getting the idea from the Overwatch team that they realized that they needed to make a much more interesting PVE system that was going to be replayable for years and years even, you know, akin to games like, I don't know, Vermintide or Killing Floor, like those games that are like, they're still, like, I know people who still play those games, you know, and those are like very PVE centered. And they want to just do something like that, that's a shooter, that's co-op, and can be great for years to come and obviously the system that they have now which is basically based off of the archives event like that's not that's not gonna cut it like no yeah. one can play the archives event more than like <laughs> the couple of days that they have it available right yeah that's because there's no replayability that's why yeah. you need you need dopamine drops like i mean if exactly. they take anything from warcraft you know you get like rare mounts or whatever you play any sort of mmo um you get like a rare i don't know like weapon charm or you get like uh unlock a unique skill drop you know some some like i know some games like certain bosses or like end of mission things one in 20 you get a chance to unlock the legendary skill or something you have to do a certain you know task or mission within that mission a certain time and then you can unlock like right. something some sort of replayability will actually give it some longevity that's for sure yeah and that's just going to take so long for them to develop and at the point where they realized that's what they needed to do they were kind of already hoping that they would be able to re release everything in Overwatch 2, like, around this time. But right. now they were like, okay, we can't because we need to make the PvE really, really good. But people are so deprived for the PvP content, so we're just going to do what they're doing now and release the PvP first. Which is a good move, but it's going to mean that, like, the full package when we get it released will not have everything that will make it seem like it's actually worthy of the two at the end of the overwatch you know mm -hmm. and i'm worried about the possibility that they end up doing that like all the way through where they like drip feed us the pve events so it's like they release one or two missions every other season or whatever and i'm worried that if they do that it won't be as big of a deal because right now overwatch 2 releasing this whole new package all at once makes it more hype and i know that that's what they're kind of playing into because as they were pitching the idea for Overwatch 2, I'm sure, you know, investors were going to be like, okay, how do we make this exciting? How do we make it worthy of all of this funding, you know? And if they just released all of the content for Overwatch 2 over the last three years that we had no content, they wouldn't be able to have this as its own big event, right? So, and of course, they also wouldn't be able to do all of the things to like completely rebuild fundamental systems, like make it 5v5, for example. It would just be too hard to do while the plane is still flying. That's why they had to take this break. But now that it's going to launch without the PVE, I just hope that when they do get to launch it, it's like the, the whole deal. Because then that will bring in a lot of new players, like Siloso was saying. 
like i hope that being able to tell everyone all at once there's a huge pve system all here for you to sink your teeth into right now instead of just oh here's the first two missions and then wait another two months for the next one i think that's going to be a big deciding factor of pulling in new people into overwatch 2. Well, it feels like that's in many ways encapsulates the the really difficult rock and hard play situation Blizzard seem to have found themselves in for the last couple of years, right? Where it's like they have these grand plans. I'm sure in in, in their ideal world they thought we're going to release Overwatch 2 with all the PvP changes and the PvE bang at some day, mm-hmm. right? When they announced it 2019, they probably thought we're going to let it all go. And then obviously we know the shitstorm that ensued, right? Jeff Kaplan leaves, Bobby Kotick, lawsuits, you know, change of leadership from from you know all all around the place right not just jeff but like all other players as well and covid of course and so they think okay well do we either abandon the current community or do we try and give them something the drip feed as you said and it seems like they mm-hmm. eventually opted for the drip feed the problem with the drip feed is it kills the hype it's not the same as boom or watch 2's release because imagine the you know the 1 million concurrent viewers that we got during the first beta imagine if that's during the launch right it's a, it's it's a much different looking thing but now we're at the point where it seems that every beta that drops it drops with hype and then we end up with at least on Twitch viewership that's lower than normal Overwatch 1 viewership right and so it seems like this rock and hard place where it's like either you drip feed and you kill your own hype or you wait for this one big release but that tortures the community who are mortally upset and seemingly Blizzard were, were eventually you know like okay we don't want to do that to them and, and Stai is that how you read it as well? So I think obviously Blizzard are aware of their concurrent player numbers and they think, you know what, we like within Activision itself, we know how much money we can generate with our free to play battle pass models through Warzone. So if we can uh, plug that into Overwatch 2 and then start generating revenue um, through the PvP and then we can um, gradually start building up um, content, like a content pipeline. Like, again, this is another thing as well. You know, I don't know anything about game development, but from what I've been told, Blizzard was under, well, Team 4 was under a, a heavy um, redesign to, 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 to basically make the pipe fatter so they could produce content faster and change the way they, 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 they've designed things for years and years and years um, just to get it out quicker. And, and these things don't happen overnight. Um, but I think like when, I, when I look at what we've got right now, I think we come back in a year's time and then we see the impact of the gradual updates to Overwatch because we know, I mean, I, I, mean, I definitely know back in 2016, 17 and even 18, when the game was being updated, the game, you know, it's getting more popular. You, it's not just going and then dropping off. It, everyone's waiting for the next thing, you know, it's, oh, what's the next seasonal event? What, who's the next hero? You know, everyone's going crazy for that stuff. And then that's just stopped over the last couple of years because obviously the content dried up. Um, so now they need to start again. Now it's a completely different world, isn't it? Now you've got all these other games out there. There's every, everything is fighting for your attention and it's going to be difficult for them to do it. It's going to be really, really difficult. Like this is not an easy thing for them to do, but the, the thing Overwatch has got is it's a frigging good game. and the, the like what would appeal to the extreme like when i say a casual gamer i'm not talking about someone like oh they, they watch our content but you know maybe they only play quick play arcade i'm talking about someone who literally doesn't consume any shoulder content uh, anything to do with the game they literally just play the game maybe with their friends or whatever they love the heroes and so, so, so to me it was absolute insanity that they stopped launching heroes you know i i've got this i've got this uh, like vision in my head i remember jeff when he told me straight to my face in like 20 well uh whenever echo launched when i went over to to, to irvine and he just went yeah this is the last hero until overwatch 2 and i'm like is overwatch 2 coming out at the end of the year then <laughs> smiled at me yeah right yeah but I, you know it's unbelievable that that would happen but 
uh, yeah, I think in a year's time, we come back and we look and we think, have they done it or haven't they done it? Or what's the state of the game? And then the next beat will be whenever PVE launches, can that re-inject, uh, propel this game back to the levels it was at? Um, but then you've got all kinds of questions connected to that. Does it even need to be the level it was at? The game's probably sustainable right now with its current player base. Does it even need a new player base? Obviously, Blizzard want it to grow. They want to make money. They're a business, yada, yada, yada. And all those things get plugged in. So, Is that how you read a car queue? Like, see how it's going to go? Or do you already kind of have, you know, I your think, mind made up? I think they are strategic. I think, I mean, a lot of the uh, the, the the negative sentiment and the defeatist attitude is stemming mostly from that's why i let me preface this i hate reading twitter because that's all i see like it's my least favorite platform by far but i mean i don't want to give blizzard the benefit of the doubt because they haven't made the smartest decisions of all time but you know some part of me believes that they're smart business-wise and they wouldn't do this if they didn't feel like their game would survive i don't know how accurate the site was but i saw the other day active player base i don't know where they get their data from um I have no idea if this is accurate or not, but it was like uh, 800,000 logged in daily or something, or like 80 to 100,000 concurrent at any time. And I'm like, that's pretty decent. Like we looked at relative to like Steam charts for other active games. Yeah. Um, that seems okay for like a six, five, six year game, or sorry, six year old game, especially that has no content. But this might be worldwide and that might be maybe it's inaccurate or maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's made up or it's including like, you know, the, the, the well, Asian audience. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I, I, a little bit. but 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 the, the thing is though, Overwatch is not a dead game, and when people go around, oh, it's a dead game. It's, it, it's not. We know it's, it's not, not a great game. Not. Loads of people not. play this game. But yes. what's happened is it's lost the the momentum, and it needs the momentum back. And mm. they can do this with the updates. So, yeah, like I am, I am optimistic. I'm not sitting here, and I'm not going to be like, oh no, it's terrible. It's had it. I don't think it has because we can see examples. We, no, look at the Apex Legends example. It launched, and it's just got bigger and bigger and bigger as it's increased its content output. It, it, you know, it's gone with the flow. Um, and there's no reason why Overwatch can't do that because it's a very unique game. Just ignore Team Fortress 2, but it's a very unique game. It's got extremely unique <laughs> heroes. It's, um, you know, the, the, the engine is extremely efficient for what it's able to play on. And it's just, you know, it's great. It's just, it's good fun for people. It attracts competitive players. It attracts casual players. It's, you know, and soon it'll attract PvE players. So on paper, you have literally got the perfect product. Mm -hmm. It just, you just need to support it. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of people especially people that are like constantly looking at like concurrent viewers on Twitch for the whole Overwatch category. I think they're going to be really loud and annoying because the way that I think Overwatch ends up getting back on like that top spot is not going to be just on the launch of the game. Because again, like if you look at games like Apex Legends or Valorant, like they had really big launches, but then they dropped down to like below Overwatch numbers on Twitch for a while. And then, like, after, like, six months to a year, they started picking up, and you look at them now, and they're just always on top. Even Fortnite kind of had a bit of that, and now it's still, like, you know, like, all the way up there. So, it's just because those games always get new content. And Overwatch just doesn't. And if Overwatch gets to the point where it's a full, complete game, and it's good, and it gets constantly pumped with new content, like, very consistently, I think it'll, over the course of, like, a year or so probably get back to like where we were in like the golden age where everyone was looking for overwatch streamers again but people are going to be really like <laughs> defeatist on twitter and say like oh overwatch 2 launched one month later no one's watching because because they're just looking at twitch viewership but like that's not everything like like you said there's so many people that just don't consume content 
like the one that. thing I like, Toast, is um, when, when people bring up Twitch, I say, look at Minecraft on Twitch. Minecraft is the biggest stream, uh, well, the biggest game on YouTube by a friggin' mile. There are so yeah. many viewers for that game. Yet you look on Twitch, mm, you know, it's probably got 30, 40,000 viewers. Um, so Twitch, I think, represents a specific audience. And I think it definitely represents a more competitive audience. That's why you see Valorant and so too, CSGO yeah. doing well. Yeah, but there's I no agree. reason why Overwatch can't be in that category. It was in that category, you know, and it just fell away. Um, you know, we know why it fell away, obviously. I'm going to recap the last God knows how many years. But like the, the space for it. And again, this is the thing with Overwatch. It can hit everything. It can be this competitive game. It can be this PvE casual game. It can even, hell, it could even be a PvE competitive game. Bloody World of Warcraft mythic dungeon invitational stuff. You could have like races completing the missions, yeah. whatever they end up being. Speedruns. You know? Yeah, Games exactly. quick, Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> the sky's the limit, right? So yeah, Overwatch is, I would be, you know, I am like, yeah, obviously I'm heavily invested into Overwatch, but I'm, I'm like, you know, like all of us are, I suppose, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think it's, I think it'll be okay. I hope it'll be okay. <laughs> There's, there's yeah, who's like starting a... the GDQ team for Overwatch 2? I used to be a speedrunner. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Campaign <laughs> coming. And I was going to say, there's almost like a masochistic pleasure I, I see a lot of people, especially content creators, get from kind of, you know, showing that little Twitch screenshot of like, look at Overwatch at, I don't know, 5K viewers. And it's like, it feels like that's, the, you know, the community sentiment is kind of turned. And, and I see this a lot happen with games where it's like at a certain point in time, everybody loves bigging up a certain game or everyone loves bringing down a certain game. And I think Overwatch is just unfortunately at that place where for various reasons, not just because of the game, but also just because I think of Activision Blizzard's reception, people have this sort of joy almost yeah. in, in bringing it down and, and kind of laughing and pointing at it. And one of the areas where people have been quite negative, or at least I've seen a lot of people be negative, is the uh, Watchpoint pack. So speaking of, you know, monetization and promotion, we have currently for the Overwatch 2 beta, the Watchpoint pack, as it's called, which guarantees you access to the current beta and has guaranteed you since day one. And also some additional perks, a couple skins, uh, currency when the game launches and entry to the battle pass. Now, this has been kind of mixed reception. So I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I'm going to start with CarQ. Like, CarQ, how have you seen kind of the reception of the watch point? A lot of people feel like it's a sort of pay to enter and prioritizing these sort of paying customers over loyal customers is just a really bad look on Blizzard's part and maybe a preview of how they're going to do this come free to play. Whereas other people feel like, no, nah, this is just industry standard. So where, where do you land on that spectrum? Um, I think they... they did it incorrectly by letting people in in waves because they're trying to like test stability i feel like i mean you're blizzard i mean do you did you really think it would they would really get that overwhelmed uh in terms of like a surge of players i don't know about that but i think they should have done it like lost ark style where if you or even like early valorant style where if you make a purchase ahead of time you get like other perks but don't like limit the people who want to like access the game on on, on day one for, for the beta at least um, the fact that people are like uh, coming in in different waves is kind of killing the hype because then they just get this massive FOMO, which I know they're trying to capitalize on because they want the FOMO in order to incentivize people to make that $40 purchase in order to to uh, get the game to play with their friends. But it seems really predatory in practice. I'm not a big fan of the the way they implemented that. I think the the, the stuff that Watchpoint Pack offers is fine, like a bunch of skins, but not enough currency to cover two battle passes. But... Um, I think they probably should lower the cost instead of $40, maybe like $25 or $30, get the same stuff, remove that whole like get beta access on day one. If you buy it ahead of time, you get like a bonus 
I don't know, like 50% more currency because you bought it early on to say, you know, thank you in support. Um, and I think that approach might not have been met with an, with as much negativity as the uh, the current one. But like, it's hard for me to look at it in that lens. Since obviously I'm a content creator, I just, I'll buy it anyways because I am a, I'm a, you know, this, this is our job and stuff, but it's just hard. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of like a consumer. Would I be okay with that? I look back at what I did with Lost Ark and I bought it like three days early, the gold foundry pack or whatever. Um, you just get a bunch of like perks and that's it. And if you didn't want to, you could wait, but you were guaranteed the game would come out on X day so you could play it for free. So I think the beta, June 28th, everybody should have been let in. If you bought the Watchpoint pack a week early, just get bonus stuff in the package. That's all. That's my look at it. Toast, do you agree with that? Um, I think, well, the way that I see it, it's just like the Watchpoint pack is Overwatch 2 player value because it's like mm. you get you get a battle pass, you get free currency that's worth like presumably two more battle passes and you get exclusive skins and of course you get the game. And if you want to play Overwatch 1 right now, you could do that. And if you want to play the beta right now, you could do that. So I think that's worth $40. That's pretty good. But... <laughs> I think a lot of people are just upset because they're looking only at the beta access part, which yeah, like if they just signed up for the beta, they'd get to play the beta like within a few more days, I think, where they're going to let everyone in. Yeah, and that, like, day, that, that day drawing out thing is there. That's there. That's the selling point for it. Which right. Is what, yeah. A lot what of people are just like looking at it like, oh, they're trying to make this a better deal by denying people access to the beta. And it's like, well, do they even need to do that? Because are their servers really that bad where they couldn't handle it? Maybe Blizzard doesn't know, or maybe they do, and they're doing this for to sell more packs as well. But to me, it doesn't matter that much because I just feel like, you know, buy it if you want. <laughs> it's like the game's not even complete yet. There's not even like a full mode. And a lot of us right now are still just like, oh, we can't even play this for more than a week before it burnt out on quick play. So... If you want to get the pack for the stuff that's in it, like, go for it. And if you really, really want to play the beta right now, then okay, if that's worth it to you. But I don't think it's, like, a bad problem. I just think that it's kind of... I don't know if exactly entitlement is the word, but I think just the Overwatch community has always had this weird, like, sentiment about just feeling like everyone deserves something. So I guess it is entitlement. Like a lot of that happened with the um uh, with the Brigitte skin drops, where it's like everyone was yelling at Blizzard for how that drop was handled, even though that's like almost completely a Twitch ran event. Like the only thing the Overwatch team can do is pick who gets to join in, but they can't get in everyone because they have limitations. Those limitations are set by Twitch. And because they have to do this event on a smaller scale for the first time because they need to collect data because once they understand that data better, they can better know how often and how much funding they can give to this event. Then they, they just have to make exclusions, which sucks for the people who don't get in. I understand because a lot of people would greatly benefit from like the support of creator program, but it's going to expand. Like there's no way it's not. I think the event was a great success or still is. I'm pretty sure it's still going on. By the way, gift three subs to Overwatch SVB right now. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, actually, I still don't have the skin. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, those are two well, good go, points. Sorry, hang go on, going back to the watch point Maybe. pack. So th th there is uh, there's some fundamental problems with the way this was deployed, right? So mm. 
we did not know the value of the currency. We, we did not That's know, true. and we still really? don't know, what the Battle Pass even actually is. We've seen a mock-up version of it, but we don't know what we're getting. So when they come out and go $40, which we have now learned means, okay, we get the first Battle Pass and enough currency to buy the next two, we're like, okay, well, that actually seems like a pretty good deal. We still don't know what's in the Battle Pass, but you imagine right. a world where they come out and they're like, this is the Battle Pass, this is how it works, these are all the rewards, right? This is um, the currency, this is what it's worth, this is what it's going to let you buy in the in-game shop, this is what it's going to let you purchase for whatever you want, and then you can be like, okay, I can actually, I can see the value here, and I'm supporting the game, it's an early access, I'm supporting them, and then you can kind of go from that. And so I think they suffered, I think that was such a, a, a bad decision. If I was involved in any marketing at Blizzard, I would be going mental, like, like guys, we can't try and sell something when we're not explaining what it actually is. It's just crazy. But, Isn't that a funny microcosm for Overwatch 2? We're just trying to sell something we don't know what it is. Which... <laughs> exactly. It's, it's crazy. It's mental. When you think about it, it's actually crazy. Like, And this, again, feeds into the whole, well, it's just Overwatch, right? It looks the same. And, and then you get people saying, like, I, do, I own Overwatch. Because who are the people buying this? It's the people with Overwatch already. They don't want Overwatch. People saying, can't I get more currency instead of Overwatch Legendary Edition? Because I bought that six years ago. I don't, want to, I don't want it again. You know, and all these things throwing, going all over the place. It's... Um, yeah it's, i think that's it's not great and that's kind of been the two sides that i've seen you know there's the one side who say well i should be rewarded as a, as a loyal player as a lawyer someone who's stuck with overwatch for all this time i want to sign up and i want to play your beta for this game that i'm hyped about but you're charging me 40 quid but part of which includes uh access to a game i already own and don't need access to and i see a lot of people saying well can you not just give me a pack that's cheaper, that has the beta stuff and the battle pass stuff, but doesn't have the copy of the game price included. But of course, this is where Blizzard are trying to make their money because they know no one's going to buy the game, right? Like they know we've announced that the game is going free. Who's going to, who in their right mind is going to pay 20 pounds or whatever, let's say the cost would be for a Which game. Goes back for to what a game they don't have. Yeah, yeah it goes back to what you were saying about Lost Ark. You know, there's no, what, why would I buy this thing? You know, which... Well, Lost Ark did the bronze, silver, like gold. Yeah, pack. Like, like, they tiers. were different tiers. Yeah. yeah. So why not give a tier for those who already owned Overwatch one for a cheaper price? I don't think it would have been met with as much criticism if it was twenty four ninety nine or something. I don't know. But, but on the other hand, as well, on the other they were a little bit closer to launch though, and obviously they had a game, <laughs> which helped them quite a bit. Well, but yeah, yeah. The, the, that system. Yeah, maybe we see something like that though. You know, as we get close to Overwatch, Overwatch two's launch, and we all get rinsed again, buying more credits. We don't know what we spend it on. Hey guys, SCB here. Just going to quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up Podcast to say that if you're enjoying this content, then please do consider signing up for my Patreon to support me directly. It's really amazing because it allows me to keep making content like this carefree, regardless of how many views Overwatch does or doesn't get. I know no one likes sellout ads, but chances are if you've listened till this far in, then you're at least somewhat enjoying the content. So please do consider at least leaving a like, a subscribe, and a comment underneath the video on YouTube. It really does help. But that's it for me. Now back to the discussion. But the other, yeah, the other people thing is... complaining about the $40 pack now. I guarantee you everyone's going to be spending like $100 every two months to get new skins. Like, just, just, just the way. Especially yeah. streamers, obviously. And the other thing Business is that, like, expense. you know, Blizzard have got to make their money somehow, too. You know, they've been kind of broke as shit for years, at least on the Overwatch side. Like, we haven't been, they presumably haven't been making a lot of money. Maybe I'm misinformed. But they presumably haven't been making I mean... a lot of money. <laughs> Um, they kind of lost their sponsors, but yeah. 
Yeah, they lost their sponsors. The, you know, who's you know at this point we know we know that most of the people who play the game regularly can afford enough in-game currency to buy all the skins that come out when they come yeah. out. And of course, there is a large section of people who don't fall in that category who still want the skins. But by and large, you know, on my side, I, I don't really begrudge Blizzard for trying to kind of make make some money out of this because again, Overwatch One is a dead product. It may not be a dead game, but it's a dead product, right? Nobody's gonna buy the game. So if this is their attempt to be like, hey, can we squeeze a little bit last of money out of it? And again, you know, as Toast pointed out, it's pretty fair value in terms of Overwatch 2. The problem is, of course, people are saying, well, we don't know what Overwatch 2's value really is. So it's, Yeah, it, that's it a feels, fair point, actually. It feels like because, in many like, ways it's most... Because like that 2,000 credits, mm -hmm. that 2,000 credits, get, we don't even know if that's worth like one legendary skin or two legendary skins or like you know or or less than that because like i've seen skins in other games that like it's worth like about two battle passes or more Valorant's atrocious with their prices but Wait, like people still buy like... it even counter-strike too aren't knives are like yeah, in the yeah, thousands? Well, yeah 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 the rare well i think some of them are like hundreds of thousands aren't they the a little switchblade right. knife, I think. It, I, yeah, yeah. Crazy. I imagine if Overwatch did some sort of like rare, like, like drop, some sort of exclusive skin drop. that's only acquired a mythic drop. You know, we have mythic skins. Oh, a no. mythic drop from a mission. Woof. That's replayability right there. I'll tell you that much. And speaking of skins as well, the other thing that you know, Evil Toaster, you alluded to, was the support of streamer campaign. Which again yeah. has uh, much like all of this has kind of been very mixed. I, I still feel like in many ways Overwatch has a fan base that is still holding on to a type of monetization that is just not a thing in the industry anymore. Like, we're probably the only game with a player base who still kind of scoff or raise their eyebrows at this free-to-play model, right? I think most other games yeah. kind of moved on in that world, like Valorant players, Apex players, League of Legends players. They're all totally used to the idea of a battle pass, of, of yeah. you know, expensive skins. We're kind of the only community that probably still looks at these things and is like, whoa, wait a minute. Why do I have to pay additionally for this thing that I should be able to earn in-game? And I think another example of that is the support of streamer Brigitte Medic skin, which for those unfamiliar, currently there's a campaign running where if you gift three subs in the twitch to channel <laughs> to only SVB and nobody else but to a list of approved streamers uh while they're live streaming overwatch one you get yourself an exclusive medic skin in overwatch one called uh, exclusive brigitte skin in overwatch one called the medic which a lot of people have been upset about because a they feel like 15 dollars for skin is very exploitative b uh, the list of streamers is not does not include everybody, um, and it's only pretty much a fairly well. I say it's fairly small list, fairly small when you consider the number of people who stream Overwatch, but actually very big when you consider other campaigns of of other games yeah. that have done this, which have been much smaller. So I think Overwatch has like over a hundred streamers, true. something. Um, so it depends on the perspective you bring to it. So a lot of people have complained, well, I don't have my favorite streamers on there. There's a lot of big streamers on there who don't need this money. What about the small streamers? They should be category-wide, basically. Anyone who streams or watch should be able to opt into this. And also some people, I think, just flat out don't like the idea of paying streamers the money. They, they're just kind of like, I'd rather just pay the money to a charity or straight up to the game. I don't want to have to go and spend money on Twitch because they're not really Twitch consumers, <laughs> for example. So all of that context in, in light... I want to take it actually to Stylosa first. Is the only person I think who's not on the list. You're streaming. You're you're not a Twitch streamer, Sty. So, as someone who's not like a beneficiary beneficiary of this, how no, do you no, feel? Yeah, no, I was eight years ago. Come on, keep up with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so okay, hang on. A anybody Yo. like from a Hello. content creator perspective, anybody who um, 
thinks this is bad is an idiot because this is the start of Blizzard trying to support content creators directly through in-game stuff. Yes. I'm sure this will end up with uh, a referrer creator code in the game. I'm sure we'll see more of these um, executions getting executed. Um, so I don't think this is bad for the game. I think if you if you look at this and go, like for the game's creators, I should say. So I think as well, the system shock is what you refer or alluding to with the, 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 the boomer player base of this game. I want that new skin for free because I've got all these credits. I, you know, I, I can just play the game, get the loot boxes, whatever. And, and that's fine, you know, and that is behavior that has been installed in the player base through years and years of Overwatch, not changing the way it, um, it you know, it's monetized. Um, so we end up in this situation where we have a game which has a large player base, which is used to getting everything for free, which is not sustainable as a business model. Now, I'm not saying free to play is the best business model ever because there's tons of issues with that. I mean, tons of issues with battle passes because you're essentially paying to have the privilege of unlocking stuff. It's crazy. It's like, I'll pay you to play your game for X amount of hours. When you think of it that way, it's a bit crazy. It's like, well, but I like playing battle passes. So it's mental. It's like, how, how is this working? It's like anti-consumer, but it's also, anyway, none of that really matters. But the, the problem, um, I think, like in a roundabout way is the shock to the system to the average player is i do not want to pay this streamer to get a skin i do not like the streamer i like my own content creator but they are not streaming the game now, i had i had a bit of this obviously but it was like well sty why ain't you why don't you have this on your twitch channel i'm like i don't know whether you notice i've streamed once in the last two years i don't think i'm a twitch streamer i don't think i should be included in this right I mean, I'm sure if I went after Blizzard and moaned at them and said, oh, please, could I have access? They probably would give it me. But I have no intention of streaming this beta phase. So it makes no sense that I'd be involved in that. But I don't care. Because, like I said, this is the beginning of potentially a lot more support coming the way of creators, which will help creators, which in turn, like, you know, enables them to invest in their own channels, produce more content, which helps the game. I mean, at the end of the day, content creators are just a marketing division for whatever game they produce content on. That is not regulated by the company. But the companies can be clever and they can do things like these support creator systems, which do nudge you in the direction of, I will be a bit more positive, whether you like it or not, because you will be you know, uh, benefiting from it monetarily. But that's not a bad thing. You know, If the game is genuinely doing well, if what they're offering is great, then it's fine. You know, not all, all of that is fine. I just think that sometimes there's a little bit of, um, maybe some people's reactions initially was a little bit short-sighted. From what, I, from what I was seeing, especially from streamers and stuff, some of which which I think should have been included um, just because of what they've done over the years and, and, and stuff. Um, and some were retroactively added into it, but it still doesn't solve the, the, the problem of, you know, hey, it would be great if it was category-wide, which I'm sure it will be ultimately. Um, uh, but as a test, I, I don't think this was too bad. I think it was fine. I think, um, do all three, of you, all three of you guys on it? I mean, have you? Uh, well, that's the question. Have you guys noticed a positive impact from support streamer? Uh, I have a lot to say, but I'll let Karku go yeah. first. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't lie and say I haven't benefited from it. It certainly helped me a lot. Um, uh, I agree. I think it should have been category wide, but like as a as a tester, just just to make sure the system works. I mean, even like for years before, it's like people like creators were like, oh, we need some sort of creator support, uh, creator code, something, something, and then like you know the community. We're supporting them we're like yeah yeah you guys should get support we love you and then like you know they actually do something for us and now it's like oh my god i can't believe you know uh it wasn't everybody or i don't want to pay this much for this person there's still, so there's so many different like pieces of the community and you you can't please everybody that's like the most important yeah. thing you actually you you cannot it is impossible um 
And I think right now, because of the negative sentiment, everything is looked through, like everything they do is under like a fine microscope because, you know, um, you have to pay X streamer to get a skin. But it's like, oh, but I want the skin. I want to pay the, I don't want to pay it to a streamer. Or um, I also think people were spoiled for so many years. Like we paid one time and we got everything in a game. And I think people had that expectation where if they're a collector, now all of a sudden that, you know, that collector thing, if they can't, you know, financially afford it it, does, it it hurts for them specifically and i think those are the loudest people for sure because the whole point is like you're not supposed to collect everything if you bought every single valorant skin that came out i don't know you broke you're not you supposed to out. have everything you you're broke not supposed to have everything yeah exactly you're, you're not supposed uh, to have everything like counter-strike whatever any of those games even apex nobody has every skin unless you really have unless you're an absolute whale that's, that's, I, that's I think somebody all. worked this out recently, and I, I'm, I'm going off memory here, but I think it was about $22,000 to buy every Valorant skin. If, it, or something crazy. <laughs> like, so it was something crazy, like, or 19000 It was something like that, which right. is nothing compared to Diablo Mall. That's a whole another can of worms. But, um, <laughs> but that, that's what I mean. We've been spoiled. It's been six years. Some people have Mine everything. Have and the fact that it's like $15 yeah. for a skin is outrageous for some, but that's like a different community. It's another fraction of the community. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think those people are the loudest. And I think a lot of people who haven't said much, like it's always the, isn't that, isn't that what they say? It's the, the, the most upset people are the loudest or something the along those lines. Minority. Yeah. Yeah. The vocal, vocal minority. minority. Yeah. Thank you. But I think in general, like if you take a step back and look at it, I think it was fine. Maybe it could have implemented it a bit better, but I think overall it was a good pilot program. And I think, you know, it'll set us up. I will say this as well. Um, like you think of like so blizzard design a skin and i don't know what they were going to do with this brig skin imagine if the brig skin right. was just there and it was ready to go um maybe it was to be part of overwatch 2 or something who even knows and they're like you know what we're going to do the support streamer um program where we we've got a twitch drop um mm -hmm. where effectively the revenue of this is going to the streamers and twitch and so we're not going to see any revenue of this now i'm pretty sure they're right this offers you know it's marketing spend it's let's see how effective influencers are when it comes to marketing you know um it, well the, the marketing impact they're looking for is increasing the twitch category viewers basically um which i think would have worked much better if the beta was bigger as you said it, it wasn't staggered waves if it was just like whack and all of this came out at once it's like holy shit everyone's eyes on and everyone you know wants a part of it instead of it just sort of fading away um so yeah i think this is um you know, again, I don't, I don't know, like what I'm saying, I have literally have no idea if this is true or not, but you've got pressures from executives who are obviously there to generate money and they want businesses to perform well. And you've got developers who, you know, all of us have spoke to the developers in detail. You know what those guys are like. They're essentially like us. They know what the game needs. They love the game. They're not idiots. They're not like making crazy decisions. Like let's call the game Overwatch 2. This is something that's pushed onto them. And it, again, you know, when you look at things like PVP, being launched as it is now i'm sure the devs want to do that and in fact you could see on twitter there was a lot of reaction from loads of the developers tweeting you know especially the guys involved in uh, narrative design so like the the new voice lines and stuff they're spamming everything they're retweeting all the videos look check out all of our work you've got the guys who've designed in some of the new um new looks for the heroes the, the diva new look which was popping off on twitter and all of that stuff um these guys want to show you what they're what they're what they're doing so they want to get it out there um so i think they were probably relieved that they could start getting there you know, new, their content, I say new content, probably content they made in 2019 out, <laughs> but yeah. at least this, they can start doing something. So, uh, man, I don't know. I just think um, any, any, I like to bring this back to the support streamer stuff and supporting content creators. I think 
um, it's it's an it's a, a nice thing to do, and I'd imagine we'll see more of this in the future, and hopefully more people get involved, which should prevent a lot of the negative sentiment around it. But then, if we're in a year's time, and you go back to what Carl Q said about the uh, um, the player base, you know, they don't want to pay for anything that they've been sort of that's ingrained in their mind. We don't pay; we just get everything for free, sort of thing. Um, maybe in a year's time, things have changed because they have settled into the way of this is the new Overwatch. This is the free to play. The system shocks over. You know, we're you can't have every skin unless you want to spend a crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. But even but even at even at three subs, I I don't think it's that expensive really. When you look at I mean, just use Valorant again as an example. You can get a, a, a brand new and think of what you get in a in a legendary skin, right? So I really like that Brig skin because I played StarCraft 2 and StarCraft, right? But I I get if people didn't play those games, they just look at them like, well, the, this doesn't look that great. But you've got custom voice lines. You know, you've got... There's more to it than just the visual appearance. And that's a lot, really, um, that you're getting for your $15 or my £11 I've just paid for subs. <laughs> yeah, so thank you to Stylos, who now is an <laughs> owner of the Brig skin, courtesy of Overwatch True. SEB. Uh, I get three subs you get brig skin is the is the meme format here i think one thing i want to quickly mention or two things i want to quickly mention because i have some thoughts as well but i want to let toaster go because he's been very patiently kind of waiting his turn you know hands up good boy um one thing i want to mention is i'm pretty sure andy the community lead spoke about the fact that blizzard basically making no money from this skin like all the money is going to the streamers so in terms of like Blizzard's financial benefit. Maybe you could say this is a test for them in the future, but from the way I see it, this is purely a, a thank you to the creators from the dev side of things. They're like, let's let the creators make some money. So that's one part. And the other part is the cost of the skin that I think is got some people annoyed is that obviously the costs are different per region, but that's obviously Twitch's fault, not Blizzard's fault, because Twitch has region-based sub prices, right? So depending on where you are, three subs can be a lot more or potentially a lot less than the $15 that is supposed to be the sticker price, right? So that's one thing to mention. Now, I'm going to head over to Evil Toaster, who, who said he has many thoughts. So go ahead, Toast. Yeah. So I am just kind of baffled by how many people are receiving this whole event negatively like from every angle because i just see this as an absolute win for everyone because it's a way for streamers to actually be motivated to participate in streaming the game which a lot of people like you know have been struggling with having that motivation and to like actually support them so they have a reason to keep playing and like building that loyalty between the content creators and the developers is really big but a lot of people get mad at Blizzard, which still to me doesn't even make sense because this is mostly a Twitch-centered program. People get mad at Blizzard because, again, just everyone feels entitled. Because, one, they think they shouldn't have to pay for a skin or they should just be able to pay less and then pay in-game. Or they should just be able to unlock it with their credits because they have a bazillion of it. Because, you know, there's not been anything to unlock too recently. But... Like, why would you not want to? Why would you not want there to be a program that helps support streamers in some way? Because, like, right now especially, the Overwatch scene is just being carried by the people who are dedicated to this game and creating content still. Like, if there were... I mean, I know we always we were just saying, like, the viewership of Twitch and YouTube is not going to be perfectly indicative of, like, the active player base because so many of them still don't actually create content. But especially on Twitch, like, if you've been looking at streamers for the past year, it's the same people for the most part. 
that have just been holding it down. And a lot of those people will be benefiting from this event, even if they're not doing it this particular cycle. Like a lot of the people are mad because Xtreamer isn't in this list. So they're like, oh, Blizzard is not caring enough for their dedicated players. And then they give access to these drops to streamers who actually ended up not streaming the game at all. So they're not even getting any of the benefit. And like, that's understandable to point that out. But one, you can't really hate on Blizzard too much for that. Because like you said, this is a much bigger list for these support a creator events than pretty much every other game dev has done so far and they definitely want to make it larger like i i want everyone watching to understand if there's one thing you take away from this discussion the actual people who actually make overwatch 2 not blizzard the entire conglomerate not activision blizzard king not the corporate investors shareholders whoever the people who are writing the code drawing the art programming the game they want this to be a big deal they want the streamers to succeed and have money so they could keep playing the game they are they actually want to do this and this is just the first step of that and just because it's not the full complete package that everyone wants right now that doesn't mean that it's not a necessary step to do it like this on a smaller scale before it gets farther and a lot of people are saying oh this should just be a category-wide thing where everyone should have these th um access to this support a creator program but i promise you that's not going to happen because again this is a twitch centered program twitch already got in a lot of trouble and scrutiny the first time they attempted to do that with valorant because when valorant had the drops that was giving things of like obscene value at the time which was like access to playing valorant um people were like farming like there was a lot of like illegitimate streams on like people doing like really shady stuff just to promote their own channel and farm numbers through valorant and then people were getting these keys and then they were selling these keys and then a lot of people were looking at twitch being like oh this is a weird system and can we count their numbers and metrics as legitimate and stuff like that and that caused twitch to re-examine how they do drops and now that they're doing drops but it is for an actual transaction where you pay money for a product but you pay it in twitch subs there's no way that they can make that universal if they let anyone just hop on the overwatch category and farm these sub transactions for a product everyone will just be incentivized to just hop on the category whatever they're doing and then you're just going to have people like we're going to go back to like the first september where people were straight up money laundering on twitch because subs were half price like, that's why they, they, they're not doing that again. Like, everyone looks back like, oh, why does September this year only have, like, 10% off when it was, like, half price in that one year? It's because people were laundering money on Twitch by buying subs but getting paid out more. Like, it's really? ridiculous. Yeah, like, like, there's a lot of streamers that have Twitch contracts that pay above 50% revenue, right? But at mm. that time, when Twitch subs were 250 if you if you just paid subs, you get paid more back, so... Oh my god, that's how it happened. Karki's yeah, like, wait a minute, I missed out on so much money. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I did, and I also like missed out on getting locked up. So you know, it's all good. Yeah, the, there was some money laundering going on during that era. That's why they don't do that again. And that's why oh, okay. they're so much more careful with doing things like that where 
people are incentivized to like where subs become a transaction. So that's why they have to have these pre-approved lists of streamers they could trust, quote unquote, and not just give it to every single streamer because then, you know, we don't want people making new accounts, turning on like 10 different OBSs and just like, you know, just going crazy with that. They can't let that happen. It would tarnish like the legitimacy of their platform to investors. So they can't. So that's why you cannot tell them to say, hey, let every person who streams Overwatch have this Brigitte skin drop. It's just not going to happen. But they can increase how many streamers get it. And over time, like I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a list of like 500 even of streamers who end up getting this for the next time. Or maybe like in three more cycles, especially when Overwatch 2 drops officially. And they do this again, and they're going to get hopefully a lot more people and people won't feel too left out. But it's always not going to be everyone. And that's just going to be the way it is. But people can't get mad at Blizzard for that. Get mad at Twitch for that, okay? Like, if you're going to get mad about that, just get mad at Twitch. This is a Twitch program. The limitations are set by Twitch, but the people who end up getting selected through those limitations, that's on the Overwatch team. And they made a lot of conscious decisions about who gets on that program for this cycle because they need to collect information. Like, a lot of, the, like, you might see, like, oh, why did they invite this streamer to this program? They don't even play. And now it's two weeks in and they still haven't played. Well, that part of that, I'm sure, is because they wanted to extend this invite to people that they might not expect or have a low percentage chance of actually playing so they could see what the return is and be like, okay, maybe this program isn't cool enough that we extend it to people so far outside of the audience of creators who sh could stream Overwatch. And then maybe next time, depending on how they interpret that data, they'll keep it more inside. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean well, I was, I was just going to say, like, if you if you look at marketing dollar spend, obviously to get XQC or Asmongold to stream the game for a few days would be massively expensive. So you just throw them drops. Maybe they come and stream. Maybe they don't. Even if they do for a few hours, you add that to your total watch time, your total engagement generation. It adds to your minimal dollar spend because effectively all you're doing is basically designing a brig skin uh, and then having the the man hours to sort of you know manage the the the, the category and whatever you need to do for the back end. Um, and that's kind of what they're going for. And I mean, again, this ties into people um, moaning about these large streamers that were involved. I mean, this event is designed to get new people <laughs> into the category. You can't just give it to the, like, just have it inclusive to just Overwatch content creators. You need to try and, and spread out. And I agree with what you said, Toast. It is like, you know, it's a low percentage chance that you might get, um, like, it just tens have drops. Maybe he does. If he does, he needs to get himself into the Overwatch category because yeah. he ain't going to get dropped in the Overwatch 2 category. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's on the list, but he would be an example, right? So, yeah. very low chance that he would do it. And I looked at his stream quickly and he just says, like, I'm, I'm at home, so I'm just gaming 24-7. And he's just playing whatever. So... I guess it's a win-win yeah. there anyway, because he's doing it without the incentive. <laughs> yeah, if Tens yeah. had those drops, he'd be farming right now, for sure. Mm. And it was in the correct category. <laughs> well, and this is where, you know, <laughs> I you know, really appreciate your POV, uh, Toaster, because, you know, I, not everyone is perhaps familiar watching, but you're a Twitch ambassador, so it's nice to have that sort of mm. almost insider perspective. Because I think a lot of the times when stuff like this happens, people get wrong, like mad at Blizzard. Another example of this is the console stuff, where people often get mad at Blizzard for stuff not being ready for console, but it actually has a lot more to do with how the consoles, like what rules they set. 
And this is another one of the examples. True. And one more thing I want to quickly add, because I know we've kind of dwelled on this for a lot, and some people listening will be like, why do you keep talking about this supportive streamer thing? I'm over, I don't care. But I think this is a really important microcosm of how we might operate in the future. Like, this was a, this is an issue that's going to come up again and again, because stuff like this is going to happen more and more as we go through to play. So one more thing I want to kind of add is I feel like both on the consumer part and on the content creators who were left out part, there's a lot of... A lot of the gripes, I think, come down to the idea of a zero-sum game. So for the, for those not familiar, the zero-sum game basically means for one side to win, another side has to lose. For So, so for someone to go plus two... An equal amount. Has to, yeah, an equal amount. Someone for to go plus two, someone has to go negative two. And I think for a lot of, let's say, consumers, they're like, why is T-Pain on the list? Because T-Pain <laughs> is never going to uh, stream Overwatch. And kind of Toaster already kind of explained this a little bit. But again, I think the key there as well is that T-Pain being on the list isn't really stopping your like five viewer Andy favorite streamer from being on the list. Cause I'm pretty sure Blizzard's policy will be like, this person we're okay with, this person we're not okay with for now. So on that one hand, I wouldn't resent, cause this happened in the beta drop as well, where people are like, why is Pokimane given the beta drop thing? Like, why is she, you know, given access to this? Well, Pokimane getting access doesn't stop your, you know, again, your 10 viewer streamer from getting access. Like they chose Pokimane cause they wanted Pokimane and they didn't choose your person because they didn't want your person in at the time being. So there's one element of that. And then from the creator side, cause I know there's a lot of fellow creators who are upset by this, who are maybe listening right now. And I do want to be sympathetic because I understand what it's like to be on the outside looking in, right? I remember when this happens a lot when they do these uh, spotlight streams as well. A lot of people feel like, where's my chance, you know? Or I see a lot of EU creators who are like, well, EU always gets ignored. Like, what's going on here? And I, I got to speak up for them a little bit because obviously being European as well. And I felt like that too. So I've, I've been there. I felt that like FOMO, I guess, or just like, well, why? Why do I keep getting neglected? I'm putting a lot of hard work in. And obviously, there's the explanations of, well, Blizzard only have so much mental resource. Like, the three community managers can only do so much. They have to do one person at a time. They can't get everyone in. It's not a pure number game. It's about trying to balance out the kind of types of people who are on the list to make sure that there's a fair representation of all different kinds of creators. But on a larger front, I know Frito, my friend, the you know lead of your Overwatch, kind of had this little video where he spoke about... Uh, you know this issue and then he had to make a further video clarifying and the point comes down to this idea of like blizzard spotlighting you doesn't necessarily define your success and i think i just want to chime in real quick and just say that like other creators popping off doesn't hurt you it'll only help you and again i understand like in the temporary term it of course sucks not being able to get the money from the supportive streamer so i can't sit here and be like ah don't worry about it man like you know it's all good while i'm raking in money i'm not actually but while i'm raking in money and you know everyone else is losing but in the long term the bigger picture and, and let me just give you like just from a pure algorithmic pov because i think this is important for consumers to understand as well for players to understand if it if a youtube video pops off it's actually really good it doesn't matter whose youtube video it is if it's in the category of overwatch if it pops off it's good for every overwatch creator because let's say that yes i don't know my man nate son right he came back made an awesome video about the rise and fall of overwatch got like a million views nate son's video popping off getting a million views means every time someone watches his video at the end of that they're going to get this recommended up next screen and that up next screen is going to have a bunch of Overwatch videos because because someone has just watched an Overwatch video. Similarly, if they click on his thumbnail, then the algorithm says, "Oh, you clicked on an Overwatch thumbnail. That means in the that means you want to watch Overwatch videos." So now the homepage is going to show more Overwatch videos. So it it feels rough sometimes. I know how this 
you know, operates. You know, you watch someone else succeeding and you think, damn, that's my view being taken. And again, this is where I think the whole pokey mainstreaming Overwatch comes from because it's like, oh, that's my view being taken by someone else. But in reality, certainly from the YouTube side, it means it's more likely your video gets viewed. And if one video popping off in the category means everyone's popping off. And it's kind of similar in Twitch too, not so directly, because there isn't like that same algorithm pushing you. But again, someone watching the Overwatch category, there's a much higher likelihood that that view will filter down into the next person when that person logs off, right? If there's an interest generated in Overwatch or Overwatch 2, it makes it that much more likely that viewer is going to stick around and watch. So, I mean, I know a lot of people listening are going to be like, oh, he's just a shill. He's just shilling right now because he, you know, he needs to say this. But genuinely, just from someone who, who works on the back end of YouTube and Twitch, like just, just purely algorithmically, it helps. Anyone popping off in that video, I think even donkey shitting on Overwatch helps Overwatch <laughs> because people have clicked an Overwatch video. Sai, I feel like you, you yeah. want to say something. No, yeah, I mean, it, it does help. I mean, it's it's that old adage, isn't it? The wave rises, all ships rise, right? The, as the wave goes through, whatever it is. I've totally butchered that. A but, rising you know, tide raises all ships. That's it, the tide, not a wave. <laughs> yeah, which is true, you know. But th this, again, is like the short-sighted nature of it. You, you, These absolutely massive content creators, you want them playing your game. I, I, I don't care if all of them started playing the game. That's great for everybody, not just content creators, people who play the game as well, because you get more content, you get more eyes on the game. You get, you know, more people getting invested in the game and the game just benefits from it. But I think a lot of the negative sentiment from specific content creators is, I, Blizzard, you're not acknowledging me. You're not giving me uh, the same chances as everybody else, which I can understand as well. But, um, you know, saying that because your name's not on the list means you're not going to make it, it. You know, that is true. There was no list I was put on, which made me an Overwatch YouTuber. It's the same for all of you guys, you know. With your content creation, you were not added to a list that helped you out, but it, it will help you, right? It, it's, it is a benefit to you. It is a, it's not just, oh, it doesn't matter that you're not on the list. It, it does help you, right? It gives you a certain um, validity to the content that you're making. Maybe it's been noticed. It's, you know, hey, what you're doing is, is great, you know, and I'm sure the people who are not involved think, well, why wasn't I involved? I mean, I, you know, we're all in the creator discord. I've seen conversations going back and forth and I'm like, holy hell, these people need to calm down. But I can understand where they're coming from. Um, but it's like, you know, it's, it's a, it, it is a difficult situation. And, and at the end of the day, they're not going to please everyone, right? <laughs> but it's good. I just want them to please, please content creators realize anyone making content on this game is good for you. It doesn't matter where the content is. It is good for you. And, Period. you know, great. Yeah, it's stressful. Yeah. Man, making Overwatch videos. It is stressful. It, it, we're kind of like the the brethren that kind of shoulders on each other's uh, you know to cry on. So we got to keep that you know got to keep that attitude. But again, I understand that it's it's rich coming from us because maybe people look at us and they think, well, we've already we've already made it, quote unquote. We're already set, and Blizzard already likes us. So I understand. But again, as someone who's been on the outside looking in, it you know. You may not like you may not appreciate me when I say it, but it is like one of those things where you just got to double down and make the better content because like I, i've been there as well where i'm like why aren't my videos popping off you can you can lament and cry at the you know the clouds or just try and like okay well why is their video popping off let me see if i can learn something from it mm -hmm. um so anyways that's kind of my thoughts on that is there anything else before i move on because we, we need to actually discuss the beta no uh i have a little bit to say what about you karku no i don't want to i was just going to echo what they're saying so it's all good i just period more volume in the category better for everybody that's it yeah i agree like to quickly like add on that in my own way it's just i really also would like everyone to understand like that 
especially now that all the Overwatch creators are much more like interacting with each other and tight knit, which I feel like is a bit of a contrast from how it used to be in like year one and year two, where I feel like everyone was like subtly competing with each other <laughs> in a way. I feel like it's really important to just recognize that in well-maintained circles, like if just some of the streamers are going up, like it's good for everyone. Like if some, whenever someone's eating, we're all eating because we're sharing this whole audience with each other in the Overwatch category. So everyone that is a streamer should be happy that this is a thing that is being built, this whole program, even if they're not in it on this first wave, because there's going to be more because I think that it's been really successful. And I think the Blizz team probably thinks it's successful. So they're just, they're just going to expand on it and they're going to find more ways. I'm sure this, the Twitch sub thing is only going to be one way that this will end up going down. Because like Silos have alluded to, maybe we get the creator code system like they have on the Epic Games later. And they do that across the entirety of like the Blizzard launcher service. So even Overwatch streamers can be like, hey, if you're playing Warzone and you want a new skin, then put in freaking code SVB to get 5% off and then I get commission. Or STY. <laughs> I'm getting so or... much free promotion, I should do podcasts more often now. <laughs> yeah, but if all of that goes down, it's good for everyone. Because, again, like, even the smaller creators, if they're interacting, at least, then us going up just means we got more to share. Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep dwelling because I know some people are probably like fucking big content creator shields, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving back to the actual substance of the beta now, one thing that I know in this podcast as well has been a hot topic, uh, and I'm very curious, uh, in particular, to hear my man Karaku's opinion is the state of supports because that's kind of been you know in Overwatch one I feel like tanks have always been the stuff people are like, man, tanks suck. What are we gonna do with tanks? What's going on? Nobody wants to play tank. All of a sudden, we, we we remove one tank, we make some beefy one tanks in the game, and now support is the role where everyone's like, I don't want to play support, it's boring, this, that, the other. So, uh, car queue, obviously support queue times are very, very bad, very high, seemingly no one want to play. Is it a case that support, some people say, supports are still broken, it's just that there's uh, there's not a new hero, which is why people aren't playing. And, you know, people are just not used to having to work hard for their SR or, you know, their wins in Overwatch 2. Whereas other people say, no, actually, there's something fundamentally wrong with the way supports are and we don't get any love. So as a support player, how do you feel on the on the state of supports in Overwatch 2? Well, first of all, I don't think there's long queue times. I'm, I was flex queuing DPS and support. I was getting more DPS games than support games because, number one, supports are OP as hell in this beta. I'm just going to say agree. straight up. I agree. Hey, uh, listen. The Zen buffs, two giant buffs, Baptiste with the instant heal, insane. Um, Brig, even after the rework and loss of the stun, it was like one nerf and five buffs into every other part of her kit. So she's fantastic right now still. Um, the only one that's questionable is like Mercy right now because of all these like weird iterative changes, experimental changes right now. But um, even like the, uh, the hidden stuff, you know, all knockback in this game and the physics is faster. So you notice like Lucio wall riding is actually better. And then Junkrat, if you like double mind, you like fly to the moon right now. It's actually like kind of crazy. So that made, you know, Lucio better. Um, but right That's now, so, yeah, supports are like really good. And I I disagree with people saying like they're they're boring. Uh, in, in terms of like, in terms of people saying that like um, supports had it easy back then, I, 
I, I just don't th- I think that there's so many different play styles to a support that it's hard to like package it into just like, you know, just AFKing and you'll 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 climb SR. Is that what you're alluding to? SVG? Yeah, like, I mean, so uh, so to, for context, in the last podcast, you know, I had Sam, Frito, and Flats come on, and both Flats mm-hmm. and Sam just went on, you know, long rants about how support's basically free SR. Frito talked about it as well. It's just free SR. You play easy clap. It's the easiest to roll. You sit behind your tanks. So that's and a lot I, of people in the comment section didn't approve. Basically, so I don't agree with that either. I think that's just a really easy take. I, I can agree to a certain extent that. Baptiste was easier to play in the first uh, in Overwatch one strictly because they're just you're just safer with like more frontline, and you just have to kind of like aim in one direction and kind of uh, you, you do get a lot of value by just putting the lamp down. But to say if that's if you just do that and you'll climb, that's 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 pretty uh, that's that's too simplified. Like there's just did did you guys know there's like a if you look at the top bat players, there's a couple of players that have more damage pretend than healing pretend more. And to say that you just have to be a heal bot and you'll do well as like someone like Baptiste, I'm just using that as an example, is just grossly oversimplified. So biggest thing is uh, I actually think support's more fun. Zen is really fun, probably a bit overtuned right now. BAP is like really intense right now with the instant heal, really, really shines with like, yeah, it works well with Junker Queen, works well with Ryan, works well with Orisa. Um, that being said, I actually think support's going to be nerfed, if anything. Like, right now, they did nerf it in this beta, where it's, like, 1.5 seconds before the passive kicks in. But that passive is actually really powerful. I'd argue it's more powerful than the DPS one. Uh, I played a little bit of DPS. The switching thing is, like, nice, but it is situational. Uh, and I feel like DPS kind of lost out. I think they could have included that switch thing and something else with them, because it feels... Like, what if you don't need to switch? Then what? DPS got nothing. Yeah, I kind of tweeted I mean, about this as well, where it's like, it's a passive that only kicks in when... Because generally, switching means something to. went wrong. Right, right? so you, when you things are going hero, right, then you got nothing. Yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing to benefit. But supports, no matter what you pick, no matter what you, what happens, you will always get that passive kicking in. For tanks, they all got like this, like all knockback resistance, no matter what the state of the match is. But DPS, depending on the state of the match, you know, there might not be any benefit. I, I think they could have actually just kept the move speed plus this. I don't think... I didn't feel like DPS are, are, are that crazy right now. I don't know if that's... Why do you I think, think they, they removed the movement speed then? Do you think that could have been in reaction to, deep, uh, to, to supports moaning about DPS moving too quick? Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. It's strange. It, maybe it is, but I mean, it'd be very weird if that was the reason behind it. I, um, I feel like they, they like to do like a give and take thing. And sometimes yeah, they, they, like they, they always do that. They always yeah, they do always that. do that. They always, feel like if they, they, if always... they just add, if they just add and yeah. add, then it'll be like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. so much like bias. But um, that, that, that happened with Symmetra too. It's like, okay, we're going to add some stuff. Let's just take away a bunch to not make it feel too overwhelming. That's like, yeah. well, shit, maybe we didn't need to do that. So I think with DPS, it's like, well, shit. I mean, why don't you give them the movement speed? I don't really think that affected it too much, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah. My biggest takes supports are fine. You need to play it. Uh, you need to adjust a little bit. The the the, the micro is macro, macro or micro. The micro of of both supports and macro actually are are fundamentally different in the game. Like the the heroes play the same, but your role and um the 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 value you get by actually you know being a bit more aggressive is actually amplified a lot, especially because you benefit a lot from that self-healing. There's so many more times now that I'm okay with taking a peek, as long as they can't one-shot me like a Widow or whatever. Like, I will peek. I will go on, like, really high grounds as Ana, 
and I will peek and challenge some people like a soldier or sojourn in the distance. If she peppers me back as an Ana, that's fine. I pressured her. I hit her twice, but I had to like back off for a second. But wait, I'm back to full health. I don't need to waste a nade on myself anymore. Like I that this it opened up a whole new avenue, like a whole new play style. Or well, I mean, you could have always done that with that sort of play style, but it's like it greatly benefits from this new passive. And you just have to adjust as support. And I think it's 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 underrated. I find it overpowered. I don't I think SVB you said the community doesn't think supports are like I said, I don't like to read Twitter. I actually don't read it yeah, that often. Yeah, I mean so it's always sure hard to that, say. It's always hard to say what yeah. the community feels. I just know that obviously the queue times are the worst for support, and that's kind of an implicit no, voting. I don't think that's they're true. not like instant instant queue. No, it's not. As in but sorry, as in worse as in as in yeah, but you queue fast as in nobody's playing support is what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, okay. what I mean. <laughs> like, as in, worst as in, like, support yes, that's sorry. I misspoke, oh, okay. so that's what I mean. Like, I... everybody wants to play the other roles, not support. It's just tank right now, yeah. Yeah, so. but it's Junker Queens amplified that, so... Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, getting, like, I'm getting faster DPS queues in support, just saying. Well, one thing I want to add, EVA made a good point in Twitch chat, which is that perhaps one of the reasons for removing the DPS passive is that they've added another hero with speed. And Possibly, obviously they don't yeah. want too many speedy boys running all around the map. Mm. Um, sure. One thing I kind of want to say on my piece as someone, again, who's like a converted support main, because I didn't really speak up too much in the last podcast. And a lot of my, uh, you know, a lot of my YouTube comments were giving me flack for not pushing back enough. I, I was kind of saying my POV is that the way I would sum it up, I think supports went from being the, the least punishing role in Overwatch 1 to being the most punishing role in Overwatch 2. And the way I would define punishing is that obviously the game gives you negative feedback when stuff goes wrong, right? And death is like the ultimate negative feedback. I feel like in Overwatch 1, the thing is the tanks have the most punishing play. You make a mistake as tank, you step somewhere wrong, you die. Like you get blown up in an instant, right? So you feel the negative feedback when you fuck up. DPS can be like that as well to kind of really get any value. You have to step into somewhere, take a duel that kind of has a strong likelihood of negative feedback, right? You mess up, you die the fight gets lost. I think the reason support often people are, have been griping about easy, because I don't like the word easy. Easy is a very subjective thing. What's easy to one person is totally different than what's easy to another person. But like, in Overwatch 1, a lot of the times when you mess up a support, somebody else dies, right? Like it's your tank who dies or your DPS who dies because you didn't get the right heal off. And so that negative feedback is a lot less direct. It's like you lose fights, but you can often get away yourself. So you don't feel the sort of the, the mouse, you know, getting the shock. You don't feel the negative feedback that trains you. In Overwatch 2, it's the complete opposite, I feel like. As Tank, when I play Overwatch 2, in Overwatch, Tank in Overwatch 2, I get away with loads of BS. I get away with loads of crazy YOLO charges because just my hero is so beefy and I have so much resistance now. And DPS obviously feels better as well just from the lack of presence of that one tank or that extra tank. Whereas I feel like support now in Overwatch 2, the, the punishment is so much higher, right? The negative feedback is so much higher where it's like you step out of position for a little bit, you use a cooldown wrong, there's a very good chance someone's on top of you and they're going to kill you very, very quick. Whereas obviously in Overwatch 1 right now, it's, it's an option to sit and just, you know, sit behind two tanks and kind of do the job from there. Now, I'm not saying that's the only way people play support in Overwatch 2 because obviously the best players, as you mentioned, Karku, like the best players already do the whole risk and reward thing. They already do the mm -hmm. whole, I'm going to step somewhere and take a thing that could result in me dying and, and make a play for my team. But I think when people talk in broad strokes about easy or not easy, they're often alluding to that ability to kind of just sit in a relatively safe and chill area, which I've done a lot myself when I play support, and just kind of heal your team up. And when stuff goes wrong, it's it's them who die. Whereas in Overwatch 2, it was you who die. So that's my POV on, on support. So I think they're, they're strong, 
I just think that people don't have anything new new toys to play with, which is why people are opting yeah. to play DPS and I tank agree. a lot. I think supports were getting we're getting owned early on in the first alpha and first beta, but that's why they like buffed giga buffed everything, just because that's why Lucio and Mora were so strong at the beginning because they had the highest survivability because survivability was valued so much. So I agree with that part where like they were getting punished pretty early on, but now with all these extra buffs to the ones that weren't being played, now it's like okay, maybe they got yeah. too much. I mean, I mean it's I also think it, go on toast. I think overall it's fine because. Now that there's overall less barriers and obviously one less tank, like just the fact that you as a support are more likely to just get shot and not like be oh. made a home for you with like an Arissa barrier or whatever. And also you can't just have like one tank sit with you and babysit the whole time. Mm. Like you're just going to have to naturally be okay with, you know, being aimed at and shot at more. So I think it's fine for supports to get more survivability and be strong. And like, as long as things are contained within that role, like, like this is why like the things with tanks are happening. Cause like, if there's only going to be one tank per team, we can make tanks as strong as we want because no one can ever have more than one. Right. Unless you play roll queue or open queue. I mean, which if you've tried, it's literally like four or three tanks. <laughs> or, your echo, no, no, or your echo copies a tank, then you can have yeah. the junk and synergy. <laughs> so it's fine, I think, for supports to get stronger. But I do agree that a lot of people are just kind of upset or bored, quote unquote, with the fact that there's just not a new bunch of stuff. Like, like even for me, like I want to play support. But I feel like there's only like one or two, maybe two characters that I feel like I vibe with. But in the tank role, there's like 10. And of course, if you're a damage player, like you just got a full menu to pick from. So I just think really it's just a fact of there's not as much options in support. And it's going to take a while for the support role to catch up to like even the tank role. Like we know that um, it's going to, Overwatch is going to launch with another support. And then after that is another tank they mentioned in the roadmap. And then it's probably going to be another DPS for all we no, know. No, no, they then... said the they said two of the next oh. three are supports. Yeah. Oh, okay, great, good. So they they are trying to catch up with the amount of characters and other roles, but it'll still be a while. Yeah, it's it's going to take a long time. I I think like with um when when you look at Overwatch Two and what they're trying to do with it, it's like they they want those pop off moments, but they want them accessible to everybody, not just your DPS or your tanks. Um, obviously supports could do it to some extent in in Overwatch one but i think in overwatch 2 you've got one less player you've got more space you've got more potential to make those plays and like you were saying Kaki, with the whole abusing the regen to you know get your head blown off by sojin because you don't know when she's fully charged shit i'm dead but like you know that it, it, they i mean it, this even feeds into the moira change there's a moira update coming soon and from everything we understand it is a uh some sort of skill shot ability which reduces oh. damage output and healing on the target it hits well, that's an attempt again to try and add some sort of playmaking ability, that pop-off moment, yeah. that Overwatch moment into that hero. And they've tried to do this before. I remember there was an experimental where they did something with, she had like a cleanse, didn't she, on a fade where she could sort of, because she fade in and cleanse effects off people. I can't remember. But Yeah, she could fade so in. They are trying to do that with it. Yeah. And I think, again, I go back to my favorite phrase of this goddamn podcast, the system shock thing. And it is a massive shock to players when very simplistic players will sit there and go well you know it was easy playing support in overwatch one because i just sat behind two barriers and i i didn't really care about line of sight i didn't really care about my positioning too much um i've got awesome abilities where i could just pull myself out of trouble could throw down a lamp i could nade myself or whatever um in overwatch 2 you lose the protection of a tank effectively um which 
you know, depending on, you know, whatever your team is playing, you generally you would lose protection of a tank. So you need to be more cognizant of your position. And I think players find that hard to adapt to because it's a, it is, it's probably had the biggest swing in play style change. Um, compared to the other roles but like yeah i think they just i think that everything they're doing they're trying to focus in on this we want everybody to be able to feel like they've got something they can do where they pop off where they turn the fight and they win the fight and it's more obvious more flashy yeah yeah and that's good like it's good that they want to go in that direction for more supports i think yeah and more people will want to play support (laughs) Kaku, you were going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say that I think there's actually one, there's a big benefit with uh, all these new support changes is that more support duos are more viable now. Like, if you played Anna Zen in the uh, the first Overwatch 1, like, you, it's the resources to protect, you guys to protect each other, you guys are, like, dead instantly, but Anna Zen is actually a lot more viable in the second game just because of these Zen buffs and stuff. You see it in the League now, but you would have never seen Anna Zen on... Yeah. Uh, in Overwatch 1. So, like, there's actually, like, interesting things that I've seen. Moira Zen, a Mercy Moira, I don't know, like, Lucio. I actually think Lucio Zen is actually okay as well. I mean, that might be a hot take. Uh, we'll, we'll leave for another time. But <laughs> I actually think Lucio Zen... I actually... And Lucio Brig, sorry, excuse me. Lucio Brig, low-key, was actually kind of nuts. Uh, I've seen it once or twice. I mean, take it, take it with a grain of salt. It was, like, two games. But I was like, holy crap. Like, we're still not dying with Lucio Brig. And it's like... A lot of uh fighting power um but in any case just it, it does open up a few more uh options with uh with better viability between the two so i am i am a big fan of that and with the next two out of the three heroes being supports i mean mathematically that gives you like i don't know so many different extra combos right like factorial combos isn't that how it works like, like every extra one adds like a bunch bunch of new combinations so i think supports are okay right now all things considered Hmm. This is this is official permission now to lock to lock Lucio Brig in Karku's games when he's playing tank and he's not allowed to be upset about it anymore. <laughs> I would I would never be upset. Lucio Brig, I'm like, alright, let's you to just compliment the style. Let's just go. Let's get in there. Whenever I play yeah. against Annans and I actually cry IRL. It's my yeah. least favorite duo to go against right yeah. now. Well, I was going to say as well, actually, I was going to bring it up that Anazen, I think, is yeah probably going to be the strongest if we're going to talk about the strength of Junker Queen. Because I think that they both hard shit on Junker yes, Queen. they um, do. And I know there's something yes. you want to talk about, Toaster, is the strength of Junker Queen and how you feel about her. So so take it away. Like, Junker Queen, where does she stand? Mm. How strong is she? How strong is she not? So I've been playing pretty much exclusively Junker Queen. Sadly, I haven't had a lot of Arisa time. Because I've just been having too much fun with Junker Queen. She's really fun. Mm-hmm. And day one impressions was like, there's no way this character is real. She's way too good. Like, she is absolutely bonkers crazy. And I kind of still hold that in some regard. But the big problem I'm noticing now with Junker Queen is she gets hard countered. Yes. Because her whole method of surviving is healing. But... If you're against Anna or even Zen alone, but also if you're especially if you're against Anna and Zen, you just you don't exist anymore. Like you just gotta swap, and that really sucks because it's I it's one of the hardest counters I've had to like deal with in the entire game since release. Right, where it's just like you don't really even get to play if you're against good Anna's and Zens. 
because you just don't you just don't get to tank like the whole Honest character is based on it oh uh, yeah it's, and if you're against Zarya too like it's like there's nothing to do so i it brings me into this question of like well okay what what do we do about counterpicking anymore because overwatch 2 was kind of in some ways made to rebalance heroes on a whole new philosophy because when overwatch first started we they wanted the game they advertised the game as a dynamic character switching game where throughout a whole match th throughout the map as you keep progressing you are incentivized to swap characters and pick according to a situation right and that's cool but as we are learning over the course not just overwatch but other games that have like character based everything that are just class based at all people just like to stick to the characters they like because a lot of games that focus on characterization it's always like one or two characters that someone like really really relates to that they like i just want to learn this character i want to be the best at this character and like for a lot of people that's what gets them into overwatch like i know pretty much everyone who's probably played overwatch all of you in chat right now could probably remember the first character that you saw in one of the overwatch cinematics or in gameplay and you were like that's who i want to play that's who i want to be the best at and that's that could be it that's the hook for a lot of people and then with your like get into the game competitively and you realize wait a minute this character sucks <laughs> or you're playing against this kind of team where it's just like you can't do anything anymore and you have to swap that's kind of like for some people a bad experience and of course there's a lot of other people that can appreciate that kind of gameplay where you do have to make smart decisions about your character choice but then it becomes the system of well i'm just picking this character to counter them not because i like them and then i don't even have to be that good at them i just have to be able to press this button and then it becomes less of a game of your own expression of how you want to play and who you want to represent and more of just playing this like rock paper scissors game and i feel like that is a bit less connective like people don't relate to that as much as they relate to playing their favorite character and mastering them as much as they want so overwatch 2 was kind of made more in that line of thinking right where we're going to make characters more flexible we're going to redefine what each role does so that way everyone has options in more situations and that's good because like especially with the tank role like i feel like generally speaking like all the tanks at least the ones that are getting attention they're kind of like equally viable like again like because there's no barriers and stuff it still feels like oh if you play roadhog into anna you're you're still gonna cry right like there's still some hard counters like that that kind of suck but generally speaking like a lot of the a lot of characters are in a good place where you could play them into whatever with a few exceptions but junker queen i feel like she's so good if you're not against people that counter you and then she's so bad if you are like it's she just has like one of the roughest matchup lists in the tank role right now i would say and i hope <laughs> that something changes about that because that's like that's talking about the whole philosophy of how we're designing characters especially for tanks because there's only one tank per per team so they we would want them to be able to be able to handle on their own because like if there were still two tanks for example and there was still like azaria you could have it's like it'd probably be fine like if you just cleanse discord and anti-heal with a bubble or something like you just go right it's it'll be just fine but now especially because junker queen also exists like if you're playing junker queen into another queen and they have anna and you don't 
like you're just gonna get double anti-healed and then it's over like you might as well not be playing at that point like you have to go something that could counter anti-healing or that has a barrier to stop the nade or something right so yeah. there's just not a lot you could do about that particular matchup and like even if zarya was playable in some other role or if there was another support with a cleanse because that will ever happen then maybe you could play junker queen into that kind of stuff and it's it'll be okay but then it's still saying okay someone else has to counterpick them right and if you're the one struggling on junker queen and you're saying hey support players switch to some hypothetical support that can cleanse this from me then it's still just playing the counterpick game but you're just offloading it to someone else and that doesn't feel good because now it feels like oh i want to play this cool character but my teammate is like saying hey i can't play unless you play this and like that just becomes a thing where yeah. i would like it if all of these mechanics were interactive in a way that didn't require swapping characters and like there's always going to be enough That's like um, yeah you're right because there's always going to be a level of imbalance in an asymmetrical game right like yeah. it's it's impossible to make everything even but i feel like some of these mechanics especially anti-healing can be made in a way where there's more to do against it instead of just run away and be another character but it's hard to design i understand no, especially with difficult. this many characters but no, I just it's... feel like that's a problem right now, for, especially for Junker Queen. Go ahead. Hundred percent. No, no, hundred percent. I just want to concur and just kind of brainstorm more of it. And I'm, I'm, I'm gonna avoid going on my little tangent about how maybe something like a hero ban would help with this and actually give people more options because if they know that certain thing wasn't available, they could free up what they could pick. But I do think this is one of those areas where Overwatch needs to have a a confrontation of sorts or like a a showdown of some sorts and really decide what it wants because it did feel to me like. Overwatch 2 was meant to be this game of like, well, you can you can pick what you want and make it work. Because I think this is one of those areas where the community has not caught up on how the game is played versus how they think it should be played. Where it's like, people think, well, it's a game about hero switching. I hear this a lot where it's like, hero switching is core to Overwatch. But mm -hmm. I'm like, have you seen how Overwatch is played by the majority of like the highest level players? It's like you pick the one thing and that's the good thing and that's you run that thing on all points of everything. Now, yeah. this is where the DPS passive comes in. And this is probably, I would say, the first change they've made that actually encourages hero swapping or at least allows for hero swapping without a way that's as punishing because obviously we know alt economy is such a big thing in Overwatch. But that's also why I'm not a big fan of it because I'm like, well, I thought we kind of got to the conclusion that, like you said, Toast, people like playing their main. It's just true of, of games and it's kind of also how Overwatch sells itself. It's like, here's a bunch of funny, awesome, colorful heroes. Pick the one you like and relate to them, play them, like grind them, watch all their content, buy all their skins. Because we know how much people just like main a certain character. I would hazard that most people don't play more than three to four characters full stop compared to the need to swap between even seven characters in a role at minimum in support. That's just not a thing, right? So I, I, I kind of felt like Overwatch was coming to the conclusion where it's like, well, people don't play the game like that. People don't play the game with mass hero switching. So let's create a game where people can kind of make their character work viably. But then, you know, we have this DPS passive switch, which again, I just... I think a, a, I don't think a passive should kick in when stuff is going wrong. It should help you when you're playing the game well. And on top of that, I just don't think hero switching, and especially if it's just one role, like, what's the point of having one of your roles switch if your Junker Queen is hard countered, for example, right? Like, what is the, you know, I suppose you could say if a DPS had a cleanse, you could help, but, like, it feels like the composition is usually off or it's not. So I feel like that's something that maybe they should think about more. I know I'm not, 
I know the betas are very experimental, so I'm not going to criticize them too much. Like they're just throwing shit at the wall and they may change the DPS passive again. But I feel like, yeah, the whole hard countering hero switching thing is should be, I thought we were moving past that and now we seem to come back yeah. towards it. Tarki, what do you think? I mean, if you're going to go in that route where you are encouraging it, you have to put it for all the roles in. Like if you're going to yeah, swap so because one thing, then everything, everybody else should swap. If you're going to go that direction. So it just really depends on their philosophy um personally i don't i don't mind switching like um I, I i can identify and like i love a few characters that like you know that i i can i feel comfortable playing and i relate to and i enjoy so that's okay with me so my my, my take on this is inherently biased in that way but i think for i think there is there is some merit to like where you want your character to be sort of viable at least like reasonably you know playable and you can make it work which i think it's true like on Zarya and Azen absolutely shits on Drucker Queen, don't get me wrong, but that that would also shit on like Og and Ball as well. Yeah. So it's like uh it's impossible to kind of go if if it's impossible to like find a, a perfect harmony or balance where you could play one thing into everything, then sure. But if that's not reality, then the next best option is to maybe I, I would say go into that direction. Personally, I, I'm okay with the whole like everybody gets you know a percent or some sort of reward or incentive for switching or not as punishing for swapping an entire comp to deal with theirs and you go into the whole tic-tac-toe thing um maybe this is a competitive bias i don't know if that's like feasible for a quick play arcade or whatever i think if you're in quick play arcade just play whatever the hell you want whatever but yeah um yeah that's just my take on it I think all of this comes back to the to, to, to the way the game is is built. The game is built around heroes and people become attached to a hero. And I think it's mm. one of the great lies of Overwatch that everybody believes everyone swaps all of the time. Now, this is probably why I like the DPS passive because it's like, hey, I, I've fed my brains out and died. It doesn't matter. I can now swap and I still retain some alt charge. Hey, I'll do that. You know, so to me, it seems like I'm actually getting something um, for the next fight, you know, for my analysis of what's gone wrong me being terrible like oh you know i need to swap now so i i sort of get something for that but you know i i i agree with what you said svb i think honestly players just pick a hero and play the hero when you can see that throughout the history of the game you know i remember way way back when the game launched there was the whole debate about uh one tricks being terrible and ruining the game but how do you become good at something you repeatedly train at it don't you, you don't go well you know i'm gonna play some anna and then guess what i'm gonna do now i'm gonna play ryan as well it's like no you pick one yeah. And you generally stay in the same category and you pick a very similar play style. There's a reason why you play Anakarku, you know, there's a reason why you play yeah. Arissa, you know, th 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 there's reasons why people gravitate towards these heroes. Sometimes it's, yeah, it's the way they look, the way they appear, their lore, their history. But for us, it's most likely the way they play. We like the mechanics, so we want to play that. You know, I liked playing Hitscan heroes initially. Um, I, then I enjoyed playing Reinhardt because I, I played a tank in MMOs, um, you know. So I sort of went through phases of playing all kinds of different heroes. Um, but I think... Yeah, I think it is one of the great lies of Overwatch where I don't think people really swap. But then this, I think you've highlighted a, a really good issue there with the DPS passive. That's the first system in the game that is kind of saying, hey, you can actually swap. You're not going to get punished for swapping. But why is it only restricted to one hero category and not to the whole team? But then if you give it to the whole team, then what happens to the game then? Is everybody going to start swapping all the time? So I think, again, this is like a mixed design message they're putting forward of do we want you to swap? Or don't we want you to swap? Our game is built on these very strong heroes that people find an affinity with, whether it's, like I said, the design of the hero, the way the hero's kit, the way it plays. And they they lock in on that hero and they want to play it. So the worst feeling ever is when you're playing Junker Queen and you're just getting antenated over and over again and you, you just can't play her no more. And maybe she's your favorite hero and you want to play her. 
then you feel terrible and then you stop playing the game <laughs> so it's yeah. like they need to they need to like the, uh, you know it's it's been it's kind of like one of those interesting things with overwatch it's a game that just kind of it makes you stop playing the game <laughs> we've probably all been there i've definitely been there and i'm losing my mind and you know it's like also I, true yeah. it, it, and again that's a design issue right you know there's probably things they could do to maybe incentivize swapping if they wanted to do that um but you know we look at the history of the game and you see well originally it was just free for all you could pick whatever you wanted and then we get towards the uh the, the, the roll queue um and we've seen the reaction of the community to that which obviously was you know ultimately great for the game for the health of the game but restricts player selection you know I, two tanks i want to play reinhardt oh god you've picked reinhardt oh well i'll just feed them you know that, that <laughs> shit was happening all over the place True. you know it's crazy though but like i would never do that because i want to play to win <laughs> but it, i think it's very rare you get players that actually kind of want to do that and then yeah whatever you end up with like the the, the the all the different facets of the overwatch community mashing together and you you know you people in arcade or whatever just messing about and then you've got your competitive players but then sometimes you get a bit of bleed over and you know i don't know but i think yeah there's there are things they do need to sort out with overwatch and i think this hero swapping thing could be a theme we see running through um the next couple of updates to be honest because if they're trying it now they're obviously trying to see if dps will swap and if it's any kind of benefit to them i, I mean i'm not sure how they're going to track that but mm. it is an interesting one like the, the movement speed buff for dps i think was um it felt better because it made the game feel faster and, and and initially i thought oh there they're going after the zoomers they want the game to feel quicker they want to give you more agency they want you, uh, to get, you you're not shooting dps i think i've said to you before svb about the um um, the Shroud clip where Shroud is playing on, uh, uh, I think he's playing on Hollywood and, he, and he's playing ranked and he's in plat. Now Shroud, obviously, he's, his aim is cracked, but he's, he don't know what he's doing. He's got no Overwatch brain. He's just shooting into barriers and he's very quickly losing interest in the game. Dr. Disrespect did the same thing. And these are like classic, I guess you could say, FPS players that come into Overwatch and they don't get any reward because they were just shooting into barriers. So Overwatch 2, obviously, you know, just kind of deal with that to some degree. But I, I don't know. It's like, there are the deeper you look at Overwatch, you see all these different design directions. It's like it needs a more shit. Symmetra is a great example of this. What is the identity of Symmetra? So you could argue that Symmetra was extremely strong on two CP. Well, they removed that game mode. So what? Symmetra loses quite a bit of power in that regard. But then, does Symmetra's turrets really work? um what other heroes are more effective let's say close range well there's tons of heroes that are way more effective than what symmetra can do does a teleporter bring enough to the table and it's like all these sort of like i don't know like weak weak kind like there's no just like oh, that's the identity of this hero which okay her, her original identity was you know she's a builder hero um she's got a teleporter and then she got three reworks or whatever she's had so far yeah yeah but yeah i, I don't know maybe it's like too many chefs you know in the kitchen kind of thing everyone's got a different idea of of the way they, they they see the development of Overwatch. Well, yeah, it's like frequent listeners of the podcast will, will kind of know that I keep saying this, but it is like other games have like a core identity. I really feel like Overwatch hasn't really figured it out. And again, this this change really speaks to me where it's like, do we are we going there? Like, Because when, when people talk about hero switching is core to Overwatch, and I think it was sold that way. It was like sold. Like it's a game where you swap heroes and you counterpick. What would that world actually look like if we actually wanted a world where we're like, yes, hero swapping should be core. When someone says core to Overwatch, what I want, what that should mean is then, okay, every like a minute, someone is swapping something, right? Like some guy has swapped from this hero to that hero, and then the next guy has swapped from this hero to that hero. And I think of that world, and I'm like, that that sounds awful. 
sounds like an awful game if everyone's just switching all the time. I mean, both from a yeah. player POV, I think, but especially from a spectating POV or a streaming POV where you're like, let's say you are watching a Shroud of Doctor to Suspect and they're playing this game, they're new to the game and they're like, I'm playing, I don't know, let's say Soldier 76. Oh, I was doing well, but now they made like three different hero switches. I don't even know what those heroes do because I haven't played the game for a long time. And now all of a sudden it isn't working for me. Like what's going on? I don't really understand why these switches have happened. It just kind of makes that complicated level of the game so much more and again from a viewing perspective you're like oh i see so they they were running these five characters and then they swapped these two which meant those two had to swap these three and for the overwatch purists maybe that's great they're like ah oh, i love seeing the chess game of it i love seeing the move and the counter move but that's also me. from a, <laughs> which yeah i mean it, it is totally fair but i just think from the game's pov of like we want the game to be as popular and as played as possible it just sounds awful it sounds like a shit world to be in you kind of just want to see people play this hero and be like i want to be good like why do people like watching critters why do people why do people gravitate towards shadow burn and ryu jae hong and miro right because they were like this guy's iconic on this hero they didn't want to be like i love how miro counter swaps everybody like who cares about that? Like, nobody cares about that. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to play that world. Okay, some people want to play that world. I personally always enjoy the power of counter-swapping because I feel like I'm someone who understands the game and can understand why we're losing. But I just feel, again, from a game design POV, like, is that world just not better? Where, like, just play your hero, man. Just play your hero and, and find a way to make it work because that's what most people want to do. I'm gonna, I don't want to go too deep into it because, you know, we're kind of straying off topic. But I'm going to drop the thing where it's like my, not. <laughs> my ideal my ideal Overwatch world is is picks and no hero swapping. As in, you pick a character, you can't hero draft swap pick. at all. And oh, yeah, draft, like draft. draft. Like a draft. Basically MOBA yeah. drafts. Yeah, that's what I want. MOBA or like you lock it in, you're stuck with it the whole match. Yeah, you lock I'll it in, you that. bang We are people. going on that path, right? Look at all the changes the game's had over the years. Well, that's the ultimate end to this, right? You know, you end up with just free for all and you go into roll queue, then where'd you go next? Yeah, we did well, start with I no thought. limits, with five tracers, no. one Lucio, the good Why not days. try a draft mode? Like, a, a, we have open queue, roll queue, why not have people draft and force lock them in into, you know, their their choice and see see what happens? You know, throw some shit at the wall, see what sticks. Maybe maybe it is actually... I can understand from that lens where it's, like, a lot easier to, to from a viewer perspective and to, to play for some people, for sure, where, like, it's not as confusing, it is one, you know... I mean, like you said, Valorant and every other game, that, that is actually how it plays. You pick an agent, you're stuck with it the whole game. You, Apex, you you can't just pick, like, you know, Bloodhound and then just, you know, I'm going to switch to Horizon halfway through the game. Like, it's... You pick one or the other, or you try it all out. I mean, Overwatch is the flexibility of all these new different modes. I feel like you can just go for it. Why not? I think so. But anyways, that's that's a discussion for perhaps a whole other podcast. Uh, long terms. For, for well i mean if you guys want to join me we can absolutely go there as well but for now i just want to stick to relative topic um and we haven't even mentioned the new map Re, i'm gonna call it rio i'm not i'm gonna dodge trying to pronounce it uh i feel like a lot of people are worried about the first point and the the sort of oppressiveness potentially the high ground but how do you guys feel uh Stai, what's your impressions of the rio map how much have you even gotten to play it yeah, well, this is the other problem. I think I've played the map about three times. <laughs> and one of them was a backfill. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously got a ton of high ground on the first point. Um, there's actually some interesting high ground on the, the second point as well, on the buildings to the left. As you were defending, you can sort of get right on top where the billboards are, like the sort of the signage. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I just haven't played enough to really comment on it. It looks nice. <laughs> I played it like it 30 times, actually. I well, forced it on viewer games. I actually have quite a bit of 
data. Well, oh. a lot of data in that regard. Um, there's two concerns. First point, like you said, that high ground, if you don't go underneath, there's only like, as soon as like that first high ground is an awful choke point because the people are stuck. They only have one path and it's to go underneath them. Or you run pure dive and try to dive that high ground. It, it is like, it reminds me a lot of like um, Anubis at first where like, you know, you just they just shoot you down. But then like on Anubis, you can pivot to the left, right, or go straight. For that first point of Rio, you are actually just stuck going underneath them. So if you're not running any sort of mobile comp, all they have to do is just look down Pick aside and just look down, and you were like, you're toasted. Well, I can vault. <laughs> yes. 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 It, they need to like make another opening in that first point. That's number one. Number two, um, the second point also has like a pretty rough contention around a corner. Um, I think it's the, the first corner or the second corner because there's just so many. A lot of people aren't. Maybe it's just because the map is new. People aren't utilizing all the different flank routes. But, like, you know, you can go up. If, if you're attacking second point, you can go up that, like, left side. It's a couple of buildings, but it's kind of, like, it's kind of tight and restrictive. Now, everything on the right side is off limits unless you can make it to those buildings on the high ground. I think they need to add some sort of elevator or some sort of ramp. Something to allow people to go up on the right to attack from a different angle because if you're stuck playing main oh man that is uh that is a tough corner to crack right now i just feel like it's the the, the map is kind of stuck on these close quarters without accessibility for heroes that don't have mobility options and that's that's making it tough to play third point feels okay but a lot of the games end on first and second i actually haven't had enough data to play third <laughs> point so those are my two takes on the first and second. I think they need to fix that. Like, I can wall day one, like Sty said. I think that's actually it. It's a good explanation. Evil Toaster? Um, I like that I could see Big Jesus on the map. <laughs> and, Christ uh, of a demer. Yeah. And uh, the E-Daters are definitely going to go crazy on the first point spawn room. Mm, beach. And with, yep. with the beach episode the beach. material. Yeah. As far as uh, the gameplay goes... There's definitely a lot of high ground on the first and second points. I mean, actually, even the third point, that middle area at Lucio's house, like, there's a lot of high ground control-centric everything on the map, which, you know, I think that's fine. I think that's great. But I will say, as a tank player, there are currently not a lot of options to deal with people on high ground. Because before, I was, you know, the Arisa player. I was just like, oh, you're trying to peek me from high ground. I'll just pull you down. But she doesn't have that anymore. And the closest thing to that now is like um, Junker Queen Knife. Which, it works if you hit someone and you pull them off. Like, they'll have a bit of time to react, but I think it's fair. But other than that, like, you have to dive. Like, if you're going to attack and everyone's going to hold high ground with who knows what, you kind of have to play a dive. And the dive tanks right now are not, like, super... Amazing, like Winston's probably still all right, but you, you, then you got to be Winston, and you could play hamster, but it's like, well, then you then you're just gonna get counterpicked, right? So, sim TP to I, point might be like the only. I haven't seen it yet because I'm playing video games. That might be like the only play to break yeah. that choke. Reminds me of two CP in a way where a lot of the maps just default to like sim TPing on a point or like just bypassing a lot of the tough chokes, which I don't think is great for a map that's supposed to be hybrid. Wasn't the they kind of wanted to get rid of. Like, I think SimTP is a viable strap, but it shouldn't be, like, the only way to bypass a tough choke to get through. Yeah. I can't work out why they're obsessed with these chokes, though. I mean, Paris was the same. I remember when <laughs> Paris came out, it was like, guys, this is just like Hike Involved. Did you not learn from the changes you impl implemented on that map after yeah. the feedback of that? Because yeah, I remember, like, you know, I, Jesus, man, this is a really old memory, but I remember um, 
Gamescom because uh, I was there streaming uh, Iconfall when it was first launched in whatever year that was from Gamescom. <laughs> it was like the big announcement. And I remember at the time, there's Jeff Goodman was there and Scott Mercer, and it's like the choke is terrible. <laughs> like, what is this? It's just there's just a there's just there's one way you just spam the choke. It's it's terrible. Yeah. It took him a while to fix it, but yeah, that was the feedback. And I remember it was like immediate feedback. I think me, I think Siegel was there as well. Because uh, I remember we were sitting on the floor anyway. Vague memories from a very long time ago. <laughs> Six years. Gosh. Uh, yeah, man. Jesus. Yeah, it's yeah, just kind of odd because it does feel like we, we kind of learn lessons, but then forget the lessons. You well, know, this again, is the we yeah, it's like, has the person who fixed this left Blizzard and then just took their manual with them? And they're like, no, 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 you can't have this. You're going to need to learn this again. And it's like, these guys just forget and redesign a map and go, oh, look, we've made this awesome map. We've got all of these incredible art assets and everything plugged into the map. And then, oh, by the way, the first choke point's just a little, just good luck with that. I don't know, it's mental. Yeah, because it's like the same with like some of the hero decisions that they've made and balancing. And then, you know, the maps sometimes come out the same way. And we're like, I thought we, I thought we understood that this was like bad. And you, you even spoke about it, you know, like Aaron Keller even spoke about it where he's like, oh, you know, we, we fucked up with a lot of maps. We're, we're learning our lesson. Like we're, we're going to make better maps. And I mean, I don't have a problem with Rio, but I, I feel like we've only played it a handful of times. And then Karaki has been grinding it. But eventually, you know, if the map has this oppressive choke, people are going to get sick of it. People are going to be like, I hate the Rio map. And then where do we go? Do we have to remove another new map from the pool and be like, sorry, guys, we fucked up? I don't think we'll ever see that again. I don't think they'll remove anything from the game ever again. Yeah. I don't yep. think they'll do that. Yeah. Open a hole. Just punch open a hole on like the left side or something. Get a pathway straight to the point. Um, it's like there's enough high ground for defenders on that first point there that they, they, they can look at like even you know if, if you actually try capturing the point there's that whole like high ground ledge even behind the first yeah, point yeah, that yeah, is very yeah. hard to contest kind of yeah. reminds me of like nambani if you're like playing reinhardt and you tp to point what if like somebody's planted up there what do you do if you have no mobility nothing like it is it is tough it is tough to crack well the good thing is in Overwatch yeah. 2 at least you can YOLO there, which is what I like to do. I just like to absolutely YOLO it down as Reinhardt, but that does hurt your team because they're like, where's my shield? And I'm like, I'm out here. I'm out here living my yeah. best life. Yeah. Toast? Yeah. Anything, any more yeah. to add? I think, I mean, obviously it's hard to hit this mark, but I don't think it's as bad as the Paris choke point. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, at least. But I do think it's pretty uh, rough. But I think over time, people might come up with some decent strats. But that high ground bridge that also has cover that, like, is really hard to walk up to because the stairs leading up to it are so far behind. It's just, it's just well, rough to push in. But there's also really long sight lines. So maybe people will just do things like pick Farah out of the gate and concussive blast them off or something along those lines. Like... There's probably gonna be a solution eventually. Maybe even people play just D.Va and just bash people off of the bridge. Like eventually, I think people will come up with a strategy. I don't think it's as restrictive as the Paris choke, where there's literally only one solution, which is immortality bastion. That's true. Although again, I feel there's another area where I thought we, I thought we'd had a shift in philosophy. Again, this is maybe one of the confusing areas. We, we kind of vaguely have philosophies, and then we kind of say we do, but then we change him because i thought the whole we yeah. need this comp to counter this thing was something yeah, we were going to stop exactly. doing exactly i thought we were going to be like everyone can find their own way to break this map down because that's overwatch 2 and then we're like oh but here's this rio choke you better know what we do here otherwise you lose right it's like yeah, chadwick boseman meme like we don't do that over here some guy like trying to solo we don't do that over here like no 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 we got to pick this comp and it's like I, I thought we were past that guys 
So it is one of my sort of recurring gripes where I feel like we haven't quite hit the philosophy. Yeah. To be fair, a lot of the old maps are getting updated in ways that I think allows that for more picks because they've been adding a lot of cover in places where it's like, okay, now if we don't have a Reinhardt to just babysit us through a choke, then we're going to be fine. Oh, and Ad may have just started on your stream, by the way. Oh, fuck that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But this also brings me nicely, because we mentioned Symmetra. It brings me nicely to the Forgotten Hero, because I want to talk about just the heroes that we know are kind of potentially being looked at. Symmetra, Moira, Mercy. So there's a, a patch coming at some point in the beta. Um, yeah, what do we make of Symmetra? Any of those three? Like, is there, I think let's start with Symmetra, maybe. Uh, Stai, do you have any sort of thoughts? Because I feel like she really is like the, the sore thumb in the world of Overwatch 2. Like, the, maybe the yeah, worst I mean, hero like, in terms of like how she fits I, in. Beyond like odd teleport strategies, I mean, why would you ever play Symmetra? You would just play Reaper, Torb, or May. You know, it's like, I don't know why you would play Symmetra. And I think that's, uh, it's like an identity issue. I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think they just, they, I think that the thing with Blizzard is they they design a hit. I think what they do is they come up with a, almost like a backstory for a hero, then a visual design based off that. Then they try and build the kit based off that. And the problem with Symmetra is she's all about this hard light architect construction stuff. So it's like, well, she has to build stuff. She has to do this. And um, I think that she's in a really weird place at the moment i mean buffing the alternate fire and giving a sort of like a gimp long range spam attack and then uh, reducing the rate that i think they're actually buffing this though aren't they based off what they said today but reducing the charge rate on the primary fire also taking away um the ammo from damaging barriers it's it's weird it's like they i, I just think they've got like a, a really serious problem with what they want to do with this hero do they want to make a really strong close range do they want it to be this builder hero do they want them to have some sort of long range damage i don't know but she's just all over the place at the moment and ooh, she is a lost hero she, she is i think and, and the devs have even said that she kind of struggles to fit into this 5v5 world this this world of more mobility this world of you're not just spat but, but here's the thing right and here's a question for all you guys symmetra has always been like you know she's always been like that hasn't she <laughs> you know it's like yeah, it symmetra forces a play style on your team and he's on her second rework already. We may have a third one. The rise, <laughs> all the rise of, of Overwatch. You play League. Goddamn. Well, it, it again feels like one, yeah. another one of those things where it's like we, we supposedly went beyond this philosophy of like this hero is only good at here, right? Like, because this goes back to the whole attack versus defense thing. Because it was like, oh, you pick Symmetra on the defense and, you know, you put her here and then attack. And Jeff Kaplan, I remember back in the day being like, I kind of wish we'd kept attack and defense and only made it pickable on those, on those modes. And then now we have Symmetra and it's like, where do you pick her? Put her back in the healer, man. Just let the, yeah. let, the, let, the, let, the let the let the turrets heal you or something. I need know. more supports. <laughs> exactly. I mean, do you guys have any idea that I know none of you are necessarily sim specialists, but I know a lot of sim players are like kind of upset for their girl. They're just like, where does she go? For as a not Symmetra super player, but I play her a little bit when I feel like memeing. I think it's okay and interesting that Symmetra is a character with so many abilities that are in seemingly completely different directions because it feels like to become a master of Symmetra, you have to learn how to put all those pieces together, which I think is cool. Like, all of her other abilities don't seem to be related around being a turret placer or even being a teleporter or having slow-moving orbs, but you put it all together, 
Like, she has, like, all these abilities that look so different and they belong on different characters. But if you figure out how to use it all in really creative ways, then you have something that's strong. Like, you see people do things where they stack turrets on teleporters and send it, or they'll put teleporters in a place and they'll ult to cut off the turrets so no one can shoot them. Then you can't do anything about it. Like, there's a lot of creative ways to use the character, and I think that's what the design is asking of players. And that's a very different challenge of mastery than other more straightforward characters. Like, if you're soldier, it's like, okay, are you good at shooting? Are you good at positioning yourself? Are you, you know, just, just be good at shooter stuff? And for Symmetra, it's like a whole different challenge. And I think a lot of people are attracted to that challenge. So it's fine, I think, for Symmetra to be so wildly different. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a crazy idea. Have any of you guys ever played R-Type? <gasps> this is a boomer game. Have you played R-Type? Someone talking to me that plays shoot-em-up games. Okay, so in R-Type, you get these, like, connections to your ship, right? And it's like a drone. Imagine if, Sim, a drone's followed, or, like, a, a, a turret's followed around. And imagine if you could transform from, like, a close-range build to a long-range build, but it takes time to swap between the forms, and, the dr like, the drones indicate what she's going to do. So if she's got, like... I don't know, red, well, she wouldn't have red, it'd be terrible. Uh, but like one configuration of drone by, that means she's got like the, the, the railgun drone attached and then maybe a different version of her has got like the slow drone attached to her or something. Then you'd know what she was going to do. It's like, hey, this is the close range configuration of Sim. Kind of like Bastion. <laughs> kind of, maybe, yeah. What, you mean a Bastion attached to her? <laughs> no, no, I just mean far. like Bastion okay. has his modes, right? He's like, I'm turret mode and I'm... Yeah, yeah, and he's readable, mode. right? So, oh, he's, he's in whatever the tank mode is now it's like okay he's going to do a ton of damage um let's hide from him let's wait for him to get out of that mode and i think uh, maybe that would be cool for sim i don't know but sim is just i think she just suffers from she is a defense hero in a game where defense was removed years ago and now she's just like give her do, do something with her but i think that'd be cool if they messed with her turrets in some way i don't know I'm not sure about being a support, though. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I think she's had a chance. <laughs> you just need more supports. Damage heroes into the support role. It's true. We moved Doomfist into yeah, the look, tank. Chat though. remembers R-Type. Remember playing it on the SNES. There you go. I played R-Type. So I good. not. I played not a either. ton of shmups. Or like Those Tyrion. Have you played Tyrion as well? Oh! I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. Tyrion 2000. Oh! You guys over 30? Two thousand. What do you think yeah. we are? Yeah. Yes. Come on. I, am, I am a wizard now. You guys are 30? Oh, I'm getting I'm getting yeah. close. I'm getting close as well. <laughs> but moving before we before we you know sink into depression about our age, boomer age, what about the other two mentioned here? Sim uh Moira and Mercy kind of both spoken about. I, I want to talk about Mercy in particular for a second, because it just feels like what is this another one of those things where it's like, what are we doing? Like every every patch, we change how the Guardian Angel works. We change how Super Jump works. Like, and Mercy Mains is just like, what are you doing? You're confusing me. You're making the hero worse. Uh, Car Q, support main, talk us through this. Like, what, what do you think? They didn't need to change anything at all. I, I think they could have just kept it the way she was. And I think everybody would have been happy. I don't think, like, you know what they say where it's like, if you don't know about it it's like you don't have any expectations of it they, they say they want it more accessible to newer players but like if they never knew about it to begin with they didn't know what they were missing out on does that make that, that makes no sense what i'm trying no, to say it, is, it does make sense it does make sense right so it's like if you if you care enough and play enough of mercy and you you know you watch a little bit you, maybe you'll you just learn it it's i don't think it was inherently difficult to do maybe not accessible right away but if you play enough of the hero like i feel like 
everybody, all ranks, metal ranks or whatever, if you want to put it that way, like they, they learn how to do it. You know, it's not like careful curation of inputs like Akuma's Ultimate and like Street Fighter or some shit. But it's, it's, I don't think they need to do anything. That's it. And I think all these iterations right now, I mean, they're just trying to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. I don't think there's any solution right now that people have been like, yeah, I like this. At least for now. Maybe some people warmed up to a couple of changes um, eventually, but that just might be some copium speaking in case they're stuck with it. So like, okay, I have to learn it. But at the end of the day, just what was wrong with the first one? There's a bunch of other heroes that have techs or originally bugs that just became a feature text. It's, it wasn't exclusive to Mercy at all in that regard. Um, what, what are some examples right now of, like, bugs that became... Well, like, Doomfist is a little... Yeah, um, funny hot shatter, but they removed that. Hop shatter. Yeah, they removed the hop Yeah, they removed that one. <laughs> the physics also... or the, the interaction of GA flying up, and then you add, like, Doomfist dive punching off a wall up to the high ground. Yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. The Anubis yeah. punch is the classic. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also, like, things that clearly weren't meant to be, like, primal juggles, I think, are clearly, like, they clearly never would have thought that primal juggling would have been a thing, but now it's, like, this complicated series of inputs that really good players do and works out and it's like that's mm. also inaccessible like nobody tells you that you can smack them over and over with the how you angle the punches and push them into a wall yeah. but it's like a thing you can do right i mean if they're doing this with mercy then like if they go with this approach you might as well add like a charge meter for doomfist where you can like if you look here then yeah you do punch on an angle if you look you know down you can punch in this angle if they want to go the accessibility route but like i don't know I, I just don't think they needed to do anything to Mercy at all. She was fine the way she was. I don't know if I'm going to get my head, you know, chopped off for that for that take. Just because the there's Mercy any means we'll show up yeah, at the, yeah, if there's any community, you don't want to piss off the Mercy community. I, I, I'm just going, yeah, just don't touch her. I think <laughs> she's great the way she was before. Maybe just buff. I think the biggest one was her passive. It didn't feel it didn't feel unique anymore, right? With every other support having us. So maybe amp her passive or change her passive. So there's something else. Um, and that would have been a better approach than trying to make super jump like, you know, more accessible. But if anything, it just confused and made the inputs more fucky to begin with. Excuse my language. It, it, I think it it made her harder. But maybe, maybe it's, again, it's a learning curve. But now you have to like do the reverse, or at least in the without the blog post today, like this current iteration, the beta is like you do the reverse where you auto jump. Now you have to stop the jump versus performing the jump every time. I don't know. It's just I think they made her harder more than anything, instead of making her easier. So just do something with the passive, whether it's more healing on her passive, or like, um... Because right now, I think, what, supports heal 15 HP per second? If they don't take damage, Mercy gets like 22 and a half, or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't know, this doesn't feel as unique if they want to go that route. Um... But mobility, and then bumper, maybe her pocket healing from instead of 55, back to 60, and call it a day, because I actually think mm -hmm. she's... The worst. I mean, I, we say, oh no, but like Zen got way too much. Let's be real here. His discorded, yeah. discorded kick does 57 and a half damage. 57. Uh, melee's supposed to do 30, but they made snap kick do 45 and knock back. And if they're discorded, then yeah, they take 57 damage. That's nuts. Um, and uh, I don't know, like Vap gets insta heal. I don't know. Just, just give Mercy a different passive, bump up her healing, they put her up in line if we're going to go this whole like power creep. Uh, route where all supports get like uh, a buff to help survivability or whatnot. That's it. Bro, Zen is the raid boss now. I'm not gonna lie, he's fucking yeah, he's, he's, kicks people away. It's like yeah. tanks. I love Zen, and I'm I'm okay with him getting tuned back. To be honest with you, 
Um, I think the biggest solution, sorry to go off the mercy route, but I saw a solution where the only person you can kick is the person you have discorded. So like, instead of leaving the discord on like the tank in the distance, if you get jumped by a flanker, you have to move the discord to the flanker before you're allowed to like do the knockback portion. And I don't think you need to add the damage too. just keep it at 30. Why is it 45? Keep it at 30. You can kick them. Because it's uh, thematic. <laughs> That's yeah, the reason. It 100% thematic. is. It's yeah. like, whoa. They're not removing it because they put it in the trailer. They put yeah, it in yeah. The it's not going away. Yeah, yeah. Right at the end where they kick someone yeah. in the well. That's oh, yeah, but you say, Hang on, hang on. You say that. They put the... They made a big thing of the new role passives for the original beta trailer and they had the dps running faster there's a whole section in that and they've got rid of that yeah there was like, like they were going like this like <laughs> oh, in slow mode too well yeah, so you yeah, can still yeah. call it that they're running you can still say they're running epically i suppose <laughs> oh good but what about more uh, evil telster like how do you feel about well or mercy as well if you well want to actually know. yeah i would this we're now going to live up to the title because this will now be a debate because i disagree with car on mercy Ooh. okay so I here's the thing and yeah if you go into the examples of characters like Doomfist it just becomes like a slippery slope of like okay where do you stop or start even but think of this from Blizzard's perspective where Mercy just always happens to find herself as like the most popular character and an entry level character for a lot of people who come from not shooter games mm -hmm. They want Mercy to feel cool and fun and like anyone could play her, which is a good thing. That is a good thing. If anyone's saying otherwise, they're, they're bad. So when we're talking about specifically the Mercy jump with the crouching GA combo or whatever, yeah, to us, it's not hard. And yeah, to us, like there's a lot, like for, especially for Mercy players who have been using it for the past couple of years, it seems very intuitive. But... Even for me, like, I, I could do it, and I played a little bit of Mercy, so I understand, like, how and why it works. But when I went to Overwatch 2 and I tried it myself with the new automatic mode, I was like, cool, this is good, because I'm not good enough to use this all the time. And that's for me being, like, a gamer. And then if you think about people who don't play very often, but they want to play Mercy, like, this is basically a whole new world for them, because they probably didn't even do this or know about it. Because sure, to us, when we're so heavily entrenched in the Overwatch scene and we all have access to the information that's shared and we see other people doing it and everyone talks about it, yeah, we know that Mercy does this. But if you think about all of the Overwatch players, like, I'm positive that it's less than 5%, if even that, of Mercy players that even know that this thing exists. If we're factoring in all players. So Blizzard is going, wants to say is like, oh, this thing, this mechanic that we want to be in the game, it's not explained anywhere, it's not intuitive, there's no description for it, and, you know, we think that it's good. It's a good mechanic that we think can make Mercy feel fun to play and balance in this new game where she's more likely to die. So they want to implement it, so they've made it automatic so everyone has access to it. And with as soon as they pick up the character, they don't have to go look for YouTube. They don't have to see Karku's tips for Mercy to see how to uh, do the Mercy jumping, you know? And that's good for the overall player base, you know? But, but I mean, like... I mean, even, like, stuff like Winston. Like, I'm a I, I can play Winston, but I can't juggle for shit. Right. at all and i wouldn't know that like you could do that as, in, in the same vein just to kind of like yeah counter that a bit so yeah and again it goes 
just into like where do we stop because there's a lot of characters that do have this problem that have like mechanics that aren't explained anywhere about how they work and they're they could be like very essential and for mercy i think it's like of all the examples mercy's jump is like the most essential like hidden tech for playing the character at this point because that is literally like a huge boost to your mobility and your ability to not die if you master this mechanic whereas with winston ult like if you're a casual player and you just winston ult eventually you're gonna get someone in a corner right and you're gonna be like oh cool and like even yeah, if you don't i mean i'm struggling to put people in the corner i'll be honest with you <laughs> winston mechanics are pretty hard with the uh the different layers yeah. of jumping, the lateral movements the juggle control um but, yeah, but you're just gonna wing it. it. Like if you're bad at Winston and you ult, like you're just gonna go out there and just hit people and you're what tanking. You're is, like if so, if you've got like the average Mercy enjoyer who's like, "Hey, cool, I'm gonna start watching Mercy content or streamers." Holy shit, how are they doing this? What I, I this isn't an ability I've got. How the hell do I super jump? And I think Blizzard look at that and go, "We can just give them this, and then they can do it like their favorite Mercy streamer <laughs> or yeah. whatever YouTube." I think literally that's what they're doing and. I don't agree with it. I think it's terrible. I think Mercy, like my, like I think Mercy, I can't even agree with what terrible? you said. What was, what's terrible? Why is it terrible that they get to do the thing now? No, because it takes away the, it takes away a rite of passage from Mercy players. But it's not terrible in the sense that it gives the average Mercy enjoyer access to this tech, which obviously, as you said, and as we all know, does, does vastly increase Mercy's survivability in a game. So when they try and give that to everyone, it's 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 like a it's like a positive and a negative. It's a negative in the sense of it takes away something from you mastering that hero, right? Well, what I will say as well is when Kaku said about the metal ranks, like I have got tons and tons of overanalyzed videos, and there's like I, I can distinctly remember a silver mercy that was popping super jump all the time. This player was silver. Anyone, you know, you can. It's not a, a hard tech to learn. Obviously, they you know they were pretty bad in every other way, but they could super jump all the time. Um, so. Mm, I think like Blizzard don't want you to, they don't, I, I think they don't want things to be hidden from players. Yeah. That's and good I thing. think that's why they make these changes and I don't entirely agree with them. And I think when I look at Mercy, my issue with Mercy has always been um, that sort of, well, let, let's talk about the pop-off factor. Where's the pop-off factor in Mercy? Okay, you get a fat res. Yeah. But it doesn't like when you pop in Valk and just flying around. Okay, great. You know, you, you, you know, I'm sure Karki would say to me, yeah, it's great when you're doing like, um, you know, if you've got like awesome repositioning or you're flying all over the battlefield, you're doing whatever. That's awesome mercy play, but it's not that like impact moment. Like if Anna's got the the nade which you can launch in, and then suddenly she's got increased healing on her allies. Obviously, anti nade's great as well. But mercy is always for me lack that sort of like pow, that like punch. You know, she doesn't really have that thing she can activate which like gives her that additional. I don't know, like that. It's like that zing, but I don't it. think she needs it. No, I don't. I, she, yeah, she's no, no, no. Like I super agree. Popular, regardless. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it's fucked up, but I agree. I, I totally agree. I don't think she she needs it, but I think it would add to her in some ways. She definitely doesn't need to get an automatic super jump for sure. But the question I, for Blizzard is: Is it better this way or not? For the majority of players, because like the way that you're saying it is just like, oh, it takes away this rite of passage, but like, well, that's just gatekeeping. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's just something that we're making up. And the example you gave of, oh, silver players can do this, but they still aren't good. Well, then that just disproves the argument that we're taking away skill from it. Because if people who used to be able to super jump are still silver, 
well then giving players the ability to do it automatically doesn't automatically make them better so it's not taking away skill you still have to be good at the character and know well, when so and why, how to so use it so why in your opinion have they given this to mercy because they want more people to be able to have the most fun with the character like that's it like and and like again this is just mercy in a vacuum attack then it's not difficult. So why are they giving it to him? On, on, on a See, like, you're saying it's more, not isn't difficult. Isn't it more fun to execute it? I, I mean, realistically... Yeah, I, I would agree I, with that, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't, like... I know you can say, like, yeah, we played it and it's not difficult, but, like, genuinely, I really think it's harder... I think it's way harder to pull off Doom Tech, Winston Juggle... Oh, yeah. Even, like, Ryan, like, you know... Yeah, like for sure certain certain like control the swing the charge now and Fuck, like the swing video animation. tech tier list let's go <laughs> <laughs> tech difficulty tier list yeah, 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 this, i want to see this i want to see this pain <laughs> oh god <laughs> i do want to chime in and say that you know we had a mercy debate recently and i think just because obviously I, this is the part where i wish we did have a mercy specialist here because i'm sure they're tearing their hairs out right now and they're like why are all these dudes <laughs> talking about mercy none of them play mercy but like two things i'd bring is that one i think uh, so we had neandra somnus kiesti and eva and i don't think any of them had any problem actually because i also the cars in the table when i first read the first betas super jump change it's like why are they doing this why are they taking away the hard work that mercy players who've like spent so many hours practicing and perfecting and it's not just super jump remember there's like so many variations of super jump it's like these prop bounce jumps True. and well you know i don't even know all their names but it's like a million of these little things that you can do and i was like why are they taking this away and none of them actually had a problem with it. I think Somnus initially was like, I was initially against it, but then when I saw the thing, I was actually fine with it. So I actually think none of them had a problem with it. And I think that <laughs> this comes back to that discussion that keeps happening. It keeps coming up with Mercy, where it's like this idea of easy hero versus accessible hero. Like, because, you know, and I, Stylosa, you mentioned, like, where's the pop-off potential? And I know Skiesti, if she's listening, would probably be like, have a lot to say on this because I remember she posted a, a clip recently of like her playing really well on Mercy and a, lo a lot of people it was like her stalling and buying lots of time for her team getting a res off just staying in the fight for like 30, 40, 50 seconds getting value, value, value and a lot of people were like it's, like it's like ballet it's, it's beautiful when you see it <laughs> yeah, the, yeah but then a lot of people look at that and they were like what's the pop off here you're just staying alive as Mercy and pressing M1 yeah. or M2 right so it's mm. like this real divide and you know it comes back there's a lot of my content dedicated to this where it's like people see it as like that's easy what's the point versus people who are like well it's actually very difficult it's just understated versus well it's accessible versus is mm -hmm. there misogyny attached to it as well where people are just angry because you know a lot of female players play mercy so there's a lot to it i just wanted to bring that up because i know we're kind of talking in our opinions but you know none of us do play mercy so just wanted to bring that up, but yeah, carry on, Toast. I know you mm. kind of wanted to say something. Mm. So I'm definitely sensitive to the idea that like there is value and enjoyment over mastering a difficult technique in a game. I mean, I, I used to play fighting games at very high levels, so that was like literally the whole life for me was just like sitting in training room, mastering combos or different movement combinations or whatever. And like and like I, and I even play Apex Legends now and that game has really difficult movement tech and once you like get it solid and when it feels natural it feels good to like do something that requires so much finesse and lets you move with a lot of freedom and that's basically what this mercy jump thing is and I don't think that 
especially after the next iteration of it from what they've said that they're going to do with the guardian angel in the next like beta patch that i think this has to be a little delayed but will be coming out they they want it to still feel like you have a lot of movement options and there's overall the power level of the ga jump is going to be greater than it was before because like now you could do it while going down for example and of course now it's really silly because of that bug where you could just do it repeatedly but not thinking about that there's going to be more overall ways to use the guardian angel jump whereas before like you always have to be coming from under them which is why you have to crouch and do that that way so the power level overall is going to go up but the difficulty to execute is going to go down but i think they are thinking really in terms of specifically mercy i think with a lot of this and like i think the only other example where i think this is a big deal that i think someone in chat brought up was like with mora where they made fade jumping just a thing instead of having to memorize and then like precisely hit all of these angles to do like the doomfist stuff to super jump with mora fade now you just do it and I think that was a good improvement for the same reason. It's just like now everyone gets this tech instead of having to deal with like the one out of every 50 Mora players that do this and then you get hit by surprise. And now with Mercy, like she's prevalent enough that you could kind of expect it, especially if you're above like diamond level. But because I really think that Blizzard sees Mercy as like this big gateway character into Overwatch because of her rampant popularity and like the way that she attracts a lot of new players that don't particularly play shooters they really want mercy specifically to be as accessible as she can be and like it's not even like she's a simple character she still has a lot to her kit like more so than a lot of other characters like she's still one of the few characters that have a weapon swap even so there's still a lot to the character for people to learn and become good at but this one thing that is really cool, that everyone can see why it's cool, they want everyone to be able to look at that, know it exists, and say, there are ways that I can master that. Because unless you are literally a consumer of content and see it in a streamer, you're not even going to know that that's a thing. And because Mercy is going to be the first impression for a lot of players, they want those new players to see, oh, this character can do this, and that's fun. I want to learn it. And you can I think keep that's that as valuable. a default. You can keep that as default, but just add an option then to like make it not auto jump. I mean, why not? You have so many different toggleable options for a lot of heroes. Some people don't even know, like Junkrat, you can have your Riptire auto climb walls. If you didn't know that, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and it's got the nano boost confirmation. So why don't, if, if, if you can't satisfy everybody for the current, and I've made, I, I, I can agree where you do make it more accessible for newer players, and it's like a, a very big point for them. So. You can default it to that, and then, you know, if you're serious about it, just add it. Put, a, put an option to turn it off. Yeah. And I think the next iteration... Compromise. I think the next iteration that will be maybe kind of like that, because it said it was like, there's going to be a meter that charges up, but you could release it early. Mm. So instead of having to wait to go the full distance to jump at all, you can, can you could pop it early, so there's still more control and finesse, and there's ways to master it and get better. Like, I think the big problem with the current version that I think a lot of people are, like, actually complaining about is that there's not a lot of ways to super jump with Mercy better than another Mercy that's doing it. Because, like, with the live version of Mercy, like, if you could, if someone's really good at that movement in particular, like, they could do things that other Mercies can't. 
even if they know how to do the mechanic, you know, there's more finesse. There's more ways to express and be good and better with it. But when it's all automatic, obviously it's going to feel clunky and there's less freedom. The concept of making it doable without hidden knowledge and a weird bug is good. The execution of the first iteration of this new super jump, I think definitely needed some work and they're doing that. And once they refine it and get it to a place where it feels more fluid and you have more control, I think it will overall be better for everyone. And there will still be ways to like express that you are a better mercy movement Lord than other mercy players, which is really the important part here. I think not the yeah. fact that it's hidden tech. I, I can agree to it. I think also, yeah, just like you said, just better fluidity or like it, for some reason it feels clunky. I, it's hard yeah, to I agree with your that. finger on it. Yeah, the clunkiness is probably a big turnoff for all the ones who played it originally and for, even for the newer players. Um, like, what other buttons do you add it on? I think that's the problem that they had with the first iteration at the end of the first beta, where it was like the cr they overwrote the crouch button with it. So now it was just like, huh? It's like, what other inputs can you add at that point um, mm -hmm. to, to kind of make it uh, feel better? Love to see it. Debate and compromise. Love to see it. Stay anything to add before we move on? I really like what Toast said about Moira Fade Jump because no one cared when they added that. <laughs> no one cared, did they? It's because being real, no one plays Moira. That's why. Whereas everyone plays Mercy. That's I, I just yeah, yeah, legitimately yeah. think that's I, why. I think Mercy, yeah, Mercy is definitely, you know, she's got this um she's got this like uh she has this appeal which was, you know, it was one of the... I mean, Reinhardt, I think, falls into this category as well. Um, you, you're pulling people into an FPS game who are not FPS gamers. And so they are special heroes, and they do they did define the game in some ways, and I think Blizzard are always going to be protective of that. Um, but yeah, Mercy. You know, I'd really love to see the, uh, the figures on hero usage. It's got to be Mercy at number one. I would bet money on Mercy. I think Anna would be quite said, high as well. Yeah, last time they said that Last time they publicly said, I think they said it was Mercy, but I think that was a while back. I, I, people uh, always tell me that Overbuff says Ana is number one, but you also um, have to remember that statistic that they spoke over, about. Yes. Nah. Well, Overbuff is BS, I know. But also yeah, the other yeah, thing yeah. you have to remember is that they spoke about, remember that in the blog post they did after the first beta, they spoke about, well, you have to compare it to the number of hero options available in that role, right? Mm. So it's like Sojourn's pick rate isn't just her pick rate, it's, well, the fact that there's 17 heroes and they pick Sojourn, and yeah. obviously support has this high density because there's only seven supports, so of course, people are more likely to, to play a lot more one hero. So I'd be curious to see what the actual number one hero is. But she's definitely up there. She must be top three. Must be. But anyways, that's, again, I think a topic of infinite depth, really. Like, we could go all day about Mercy and all that. But I recognize I've taken a lot of you guys' time, and I don't want to overstay the welcome. So I'm going to take us to the concluding thoughts. And always on this podcast, we try to look to the future. So I'm going to ask you guys now what you'd kind of want to see, ideal case scenario now, in between the next months till the full release, because we're looking at the horizon now. So kind of your guys' hopes or expectations of the next few months. Now, how long is it? Like four months till October 4th and the game releases? What do you kind of want to see from now and then? I'm going to take it to Stai first. Um, so part of me is like, I don't care. I just want the, the, the launch to be great. <laughs> but the, the other part of me is like, I definitely do care. And I, I, I think I like, um, I like the increased communication that they've been displaying recently. Um, if that carries on, that'll be great, especially in terms of 
future updates that are coming and you know what they're doing with the game i think again we're going to go into this period of overwatch 2 beta is offline so we're back to overwatch 1 again um what they do during that i don't know um i mean you could argue that they you know they could there's all kinds of things they could do with overwatch to keep the game um maybe a little bit interesting a little bit fresh in the gap between if we even get a third beta or we go straight into launch um you could argue again does that even friggin matter like you know they overwatch one doesn't matter at this point you know it hasn't mattered for a long time um so everything they're doing is focused on overwatch 2 i think i i i'm not expecting a an absolute torrent of <laughs> like updates to come out of them i'm expecting they'll probably keep to a, a weekly update um dev blog post when we don't have access to the beta um they may start talking about future hero designs they may start you know giving us that kind of information and, and backstory I think it's just a case of I am. Um, so I think what makes me unique in, in this call is I'm not grinding Overwatch every day because I don't need to and I don't care about playing the game, which sounds terrible, but I'm just going to straight up say that because I am focused on Overwatch too. And I am, I'm looking at Overwatch and I'm like, yeah, I don't have, you know, I'm not streaming every day. There's no real incentive for me to sit there and grind the hours out on the game. So I'm looking at Overwatch too. And I think in some ways that makes me more representative of... Um, you know, the average person who maybe played Overwatch in the past and is looking for Overwatch 2. Um, so I'm still very aware that there's going to be a gap in content and a gap in updates when the beta goes offline. I still think at the moment the beta is, you know, it's trailing off. There'll be a bit more interest when the Moira changes come out uh, and, the, and the Mercy change is playable and the Zen nerf comes in. <laughs> um, but like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still optimistic with the game. And I still think like, you know, for everything I've discussed in this video in terms of I think what they've got is a great, a great product, really a great game, a unique game. And I think they can with with good support, which it looks like they're moving in that direction. They can revive this game because all it needs is content, really. It sounds crazy, but all it needs is a, it needs it's, it's that feeling of momentum. If it's got that feeling of momentum going forward, it draws players in. You know, I'm not going to I don't want to shit on Apex, but if you look at Apex and you look at the quality of their skins, they're trash. Most of them are trash. Every now and again, there'll be a banging skin. Don't you laugh at me, Kagi. They'd be trash. And it's like, these skins are terrible, but holy shit, look at this one. But it almost doesn't matter that they're trash. It almost doesn't matter that the battle pass is full of absolute crap because it feels alive and there's always something happening, right? It's like, hey, there's a new update. It's, it's rolling. I'm part of this thing that's moving forward. Overwatch is like, well, I'm just, it's not moving forward. It's just, it's not. And it needs to. And when it does, I think we'll be fine. Good words. Apex is trash. And now I'll give I'll give uh, I'll give Blizzard my uh, PayPal email. Please <laughs> 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 forward me. <laughs> the shill shill conspiracies continue. Karki, so what about you? Um. Uh, well, the moment this beta ends, I'm going on vacation. It's the same time to go. It's now up until yeah. uh, up until the full game releases. And quite frankly, I'm kind of like style when when we go back to Overwatch on. I don't I don't actually care as much anymore, to be honest with you. I think we're all just in in waiting mode. I mean, what happened to the experimental mode? That was our, our, our one little piece of content we we're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, it, they just never implemented. I mean, there's a bug, and they're like, you know what? Whatever. The beta's coming out. We just never went back to it. I don't even think they publicly addressed it, did they? Did they say anything? They just like, said there was a oh, bug yeah. and they took it down, and I think that's it. That's all they said. And that was the end of that. I mean, realistically, there's nothing's going to be happening on the first game, so I guess the only thing I'm looking forward to, closing thoughts, is another beta, maybe. 
Or you could just cold turkey it up until October. But I think if you do a third beta, you need to offer something else. Because they already said the hero they're going to release is going to be for October. There's going to be no new hero in the next beta. So the only thing they can do yeah, that yeah. I'd be hoping for is a, is a mission tease or something. Like a fleshed out mission. I, I think, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. That's something. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if they start teasing the PvE stuff. I think if they do yeah. another beta, though, there's no way they put content in that because it's cannibalizing the launch content. Yes. Yeah, so no I think, yeah, yeah, so yeah. There's, there's two options. You either, the next beta, it's it's either like a mission, some sort of PvE thing to kind of like, that isn't as trash as like the 2019 BlizzCon one that you played. Like something more fleshed out, maybe you could check out some talents, um, maybe have a reward or some sort of system to like, if you play it here. I mean, I don't think anything you do in the beta does get ported over, so maybe not in that direction. So you either do that, or you go cold turkey till October, and then just, you know ride out the wave of like the negative sentiment again oh my god they're going in the dark again for three months but actually it's it's th less than three months now and by the time this beta ends mid-july it's like two and a half not even eight weeks eight no no like maybe nine or ten weeks away it's not that far away if yeah, we think about it now. I mean, we went two years OPM. okay we can go another two months come on two and a half months um but yeah, that's that's their only two two options right now. And if they're gonna do any sort of content for Overwatch one, it just has to be experimental. That's that's all they've got so far. They're not gonna do anything else. Um, yeah. The whole Ride the momentum. Car queue. Ride it. Mm -hmm. Ride it. What about you, Evil Toast? Just take us take us away. My hopes for full launch is just we just get everything that they said that they did. I mean, I don't know. Stick to your word. Stick to their yeah, word. pretty much. For the first time. For second time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think because, I mean, especially a lot of us here playing competitive, um, I would definitely like for the launch to be really hyped up in terms of ranked. And I know that they said they're going to make a lot of changes for the rank system, which maybe they need to put that in the third beta just to test it. But... I know that they don't they're really focusing on just like the general experience and not like ranked mode i don't think they want people to sweat too hard in the beta i guess but it wouldn't hurt obviously they can't just like turn it on right now by the way so they would have to you know plan for that in the third beta if they want to do it which they said they do but i don't know if they're going to put ranked in that but i'd be okay with that i think that's the only thing i would really expect from the third beta because they're not going to add another new character so i don't know what they could do other than that other than like a pve mission but again i would rather, i kind of want the whole package for pve and then some extra drips of content after they release like a full campaign which i hope is their plan i don't want to get like one fifth of the campaign and then have to wait three months for the next chapter by that point i'd probably just lose the hype you know but for yeah. launch i just want ranked to be like full and vibrant and rewarding because that's always a, been the, sorry to interrupt what, you but there was a oh, um, there was aaron keller did an interview with um GameSpot. it's the big overwatch 2 interview it's called and in that he does say that the pve experience is a full triple a campaign so i mean you can take that as it, it's one package that we're going to get or mm -hmm. it's sliced up i mean i'm i'm taking that as it's just one thing we're going to get and that'll be come and pay your box price for this and it's a massive campaign yeah. and go sort of thing mm. I would hope so. I mean, it could be both, so. Well, they also planned, I mean, this was back with the old version of PvE. They also said that they want to have a separate, non-necessarily story mode that's just replayable missions yeah. and stuff. And I I assume that in that mode, that isn't just like follow the campaign and so, watch the story. That would be something <laughs> that we would get more of over time. Yeah, I think that mode was... Um, um, uh, 
it was similar to the Diablo 3 um, mode where you bring up the map in Diablo 3 and there'll just be flashpoints across the map and you just click on wherever you want to go. And I think mm -hmm. the plan is the, um, you know, the table in Watchpoint Gibraltar in the attacker yeah, spawn. Yeah. yeah, that thing, it's like the global watch point and that'll just sort of be flashing with go over here and protect the VIP, go over here and you just sort of do that and you get whatever reward. I think that's probably what they're going to do, but I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't we enjoy that. Yeah, well... Imagine logging and that, into Overwatch and doing a bunch of dailies and then going into competitive or something, you know. That'd be the dream. Like, warm up in PvE, do your dailies, get some progression, then go into rank while you're warmed up. Yeah. That'd, that'd be great. It'd be a great day. Agreed so, that's what I would future. want. Yeah, that'd be optimistic, and we're not getting the PvE at launch, but that would just be, like, that's where I'm hope, hoping we're going, for sure. But for launch, you know, just give us new heroes. Battle Pass is, like, you know, just make it nice. And uh, I'll be okay as long as ranked is, you know, hyped up. I don't up think they're cause... gonna do ranked on day one, though. I don't think any game oh, you don't? puts puts ranked on day one. No, I don't think so. They might just let it ride out for two weeks, two, three weeks, and then. This. Yeah, I was gonna ask this because obviously they didn't do this with Overwatch when it launched. Mm -hmm, but exactly. yeah, that's true. What kind of delay would you think would be acceptable? What's the point of doing this whole? We're not gonna reset MMRs because we want to keep it from, and then you know, and then not give comp immediately because the whole true true of... you know what on their true. roadmap they did say season one did they say season one began on day one then yeah that's true actually the releases are the releases are based on seasons right so it wouldn't make sense to start Delay, a comp yeah. season like when it would only be seven weeks or something again also right. I just it's also an inconsistent ideology but it also wouldn't be the first time blizzard did that so <laughs> well maybe Fine, they have like uh, a mid-season update <laughs> Maybe Apex a rank that. split. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who knows? We'll find out. I think actually I hadn't really thought about it until now, but from my POV, I actually don't think I want a third beta anymore. I just think that like... Honestly, yeah, me too. It's just like bittersweet. They can do it. Good. I don't think there's they enough don't, time. They don't need it. There's not enough yeah, stuff it's, to it's, do anyways It's just bittersweet it. as well, because let's say they do a third beta and they do give us comp. Well, all the hardcore players, well, all the casual players are going to be like, there's nothing new, I don't care. It only undercuts the, the launch, you know, a couple weeks after that. And for all the ranked players, they're going to play it. They're going to be like, okay, I got the game I wanted ranked. Let's go. And then they have to stop for three weeks or however long it is before the game launch. And they're going to be upset again. They're going to be like, oh, why don't you just make this now? It's a live service game. I can hear Samilo's voice in my head being like, just make it live <laughs> service now. Just make oh, it live no. service now. So it's like, I feel there's only something to lose, to be honest, with uh, unless there's technical stuff they want to test, right? That that makes sense if they're like, we want to test the stability of the ranked or the server or something. But optics issue as well. You can't add, like, Samito asking for just put the Overwatch comp system into Overwatch 2. Then suddenly that becomes the Overwatch 2 comp system to people. And they're like, well, this hasn't changed. It's the same thing. Overwatch 2, it's got the same comp system as Overwatch 1. And that's a problem. So there's no way they would ever add that to a beta they before launch. I, I think yeah. they would. So yeah, I kind of just want to wait. I just want to let us, you know, fine, say goodbye to Overwatch 1. Because remember, on October 4th, it goes. We're gone. No more, yeah. you know, 6v6. So just have like a few months, celebrate Overwatch 1, you know, look back at all the things, the memories and stuff we had, and then get us hyped open and itching. Open 3,000 loot boxes. <laughs> it auto opens. You're good. You're good. It yeah, yeah, I'm going to open it manually. I, I'm going to open it one at a time. Just keep, yeah, keep filling <laughs> on the space bar and just talk to yeah. the whole time. Yeah, they're just going to just put just put a thing down on the on the space bar just put like a figurine yeah. down on it yeah yeah so I, I would just like maximum hype to be honest for the release i want the game to launch with hype i want people to be excited i want to be excited and i want to have a good time i think, I think timeline wise too right the last beta ended what may mid-may and the next beta started like end of june so if we finish now hypothetically mid-july 
when would next beta begin? Mid-August? Yeah, and then that would end mid-September. Then what, two weeks and then the full game? Nah, I think, yeah, you just... The timeline doesn't really make sense if you're just going to drop the beta for two weeks and then the full game. Just go cold turkey right now and just wow us in October. And then we can take a longer the vacation. The cold turkey too. approach might help as well because you, you're suddenly taking away the spotlight on the game, then coming back with an even bigger spotlight. You know, there's, mm. there is going to be a marketing blitz when this game launches, 100%. Oh, yeah. You're not just going to yeah, be like, yeah. oh, here's the game. There'll be animated shorts. There'll be all kinds of stuff will hit us. And so maybe having a little bit of downtime does make sense. The devs is laughing somewhere. They're just like, fuck this community, man. We don't communicate. They go, they go fucking lose their shit. And then we start communicating. And they're like, yo, just what? Stop. Go cold yeah. turkey. They're like, oh, what do these fucking idiots want? But two months or three us? months, that ain't cold turkey. We've been yeah, cold yeah. turkey for three years, boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think there's a middle ground. And I think it's time now to maybe, after this beta, retreat for a moment, build the hype, give us some stuff that we didn't know was coming, and, you know, hit us with a bang and give us a good time and i certainly have had a great time here today guys thank you so much for your company for your time it has been a blast the hours have rolled by and as always guys make sure you check out all these awesome creators in their socials exclamation mark uh in the twitch chat before their names will come up with a list link of their socials in the youtube and spotify those of you listening it'll be in the video description in the future so once again thank you so much guys it has been a blast uh yeah anything else you want to add Yo, where's my brig skin? I've been scammed. Where is this? I've, I've purchased this from your stream. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta check your Twitch yeah, inventory. You gotta check your yeah. Twitch inventory. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Peace out, and thank you for joining. Thank you. Good times. Thank you for having us. Have a